Welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game by criticizing current and former players. <gasps> Today, we're back. Back with the Rewind series. Today, we are talking about Season 26, Everyone's Favorite, Karamoan, a.k.a. Fans vs. Favorites. Two, and we'll be specifically talking about the pre-merge today. I mean, it says favorite in the title, so therefore it is everyone's favorite. It's got to be, right? And it's got fan, and we're fans. We're fans. Know, fans. Or, or at worst, the second favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Josh Wessler, here, uh, joined today, as always, by Ryan Stacy and Derek Kubacek. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, we're back. Rewind series. It's been a while since we've done one of these. It's been since January? Since we've done one of these, so it's going to be back even though this season sucks. At least the pre-merge does. You know what? Say what you guys want. I am half a season away from having seen every season of Survivor. So This is big. I forgot about that. So this is actually kind of fun, even though this season, I was talking with you guys before we started recording, is a little bit milk toast with a little bit of mold on it. So that doesn't exactly get a ringing endorsement from me so far through the pre-merge, but Ryan kind of sold it to me, and I'll let him talk about this a little yep. bit. He sold it to me as the worst pre-merge in Survivor, so I went in thinking that it was going to be season 39 bad, but it wasn't. It oh, was... It's pretty bad. I, you're you're <laughs> underselling it now. It's bad. I just it, it was just for me, and, and perspective is everything, and I was just thinking that this is pretty boring, and this is about how I anticipated this would go. Uh, it's worse than boring. Boring, It's it, at its best, it's boring. At its worst, it's it's bad. Before we get into that, the point of this podcast is there's a lot of Survivor seasons. We just finished Survivor 44. If you don't have the time to rewatch or watch them all, we're here to tell you which ones you should watch slash rewatch. Uh, we do it so you don't have to. You're welcome because we have free time, even though we don't have as much as we used to when we started this thing. At least you don't, Derek. That's true. I do children. my best. Yeah, children. Yeah, and if you're new around here, since we did gain quite a few uh, listeners in the in season 44, which is the last one we covered, welcome. Welcome. We try to stay mostly spoiler-free yep. during the, the pre-merge for anything that happens in the post-merge. Yep, you won't hear who wins the season today. Uh, once we get into the spoiler section, it will just be spoilers for the pre-merge. So if you want to go listen to it, go ahead. But that brings us to the question of the hour. Is this must-watch Survivor? Should our listeners use their valuable time to watch this pre-merge? I almost have to defer to you, Ryan. Okay. But on entertainment, absolutely not. And I didn't learn anything new, but I might have a skewed perspective because I saw 27 through 44 before I saw 26. Sure. There are certainly things that happen in this pre-merge, like one of the eight dark moments of yep. Survivor. So if you want to see all of those... For some need, reason. For some reason, you need to watch it. But for me, I just... No. No, it's not. Yeah, no, this is my least favorite pre-merge of any of them. I think there's the least amount of interesting content here. I think the first four or five episodes are genuinely bad, and the next two are boring. So yeah, there's, there's nothing here. I feel bad for... The fans, most of the fans. That's how I feel about this season. I just feel, I just feel bad, man. Feels bad, man. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Now, Josh, you don't rewatch the season with us, correct? Um, which might be changing. Might be changing. But this is the last of the the rewatch stuff for you since we started the podcast. Yeah, basically, my history of Survivor for anyone who has not, you know, 
listened to me say any of this stuff before, but much like Derek, this was my last season that I ever watched as like a new season. I started Blood vs. Water. Uh, well, actually, after Blood vs. Water, but I went back and watched yeah, Blood vs. Water right away. first. Yep. Then Blood vs. Water. Then Blood vs. Water, because I wanted to watch it before Blood vs. Water 2. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I jumped all the way back to season 1 and, you know, watched all the previous seasons while also catching up with all the new stuff at the same time. But this was the very last new season that I watched, and I watched it back all the way a year and a half ago in September 2021. <laughs> so not too long ago. Yeah, not too long ago. You can you can actually find if you if you listen back to any of our other rewinds the point that I watched this season yep. here cuz I slowly count down. Oh, I've only got 3 seasons left. I've only got 2 seasons left. And we made a big deal like Josh has done it. He's yep. a super fan now. So I I officially call myself a super fan cuz I've seen every single season. I will not try to compare to Ryan no, cuz Ryan's a psycho. It's true. But I consider myself more of a super fan than Derek. Just yeah, you got the figures to back it up. <laughs> Bye. By objective measurement, you still got me. By my measurement. You know what's crazy, though? I've watched Kagiyan four times. So have crazy. I, so have I seen more Survivor than Josh by the minute, then? I suppose so. Well, I, I have been, so the other, the other point to make with uh, my role here is that I do watch, and there's Rewind series, I watch the premiere the merge and the finale just because there's a lot of survivor out there i'm a busy guy not as busy as derek but you know busier than what, what derek's me. the time that derek spends with his child i spend on social media so who's <laughs> who's the busier one here truth it's me who's doing the more important work why yeah. don't we have more instagram posts than mr social media uh produce more content derek <laughs> I'll do my best. Put your kid in a buff. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one. Josh, is this must-watch Survivor? Uh, no. no. No, 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 no. If you really uh, are curious about one of the dark moments that Derek mentioned, look it up on YouTube. Yeah, watch the scene on YouTube <laughs> if you really it. want. We'll get to that in the spoiler section. I, yeah, uh, you know, not a big fan of the fans versus favorites. Uh, you know, you, you would think that we learned our lesson last time about how unfair of an advantage it is one side over the other. And not to mention that, but the actual cast, who I'm not going to spoil quite yet, but the cast that's included on the fan or on the favorite side why yeah. no fans and no favorites to be found here which yeah. we'll get to do it in a second we're gonna have fun with this cast but i think this is a fair time to do spoilers yep this is not must watch survivor just listen to us this pre-merge blows all right three two one if you really want to watch the dark a moment look up brandon hans meltdown on youtube that'll tell you everything you need to know and and now that we're in the spoiler section i'm not going to say who I think wins, but I always like to disclose because this is my first time watching the season. I like telling people if I have spoilers or not. I'm 99% sure I know who wins the season. Brandon Hans. <laughs> Brandon Hans, obviously. Comes back from the outcasts. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, a one-person outcast <laughs> tribe. Uh, exclusively. Because he murdered the rest of them. <laughs> and, I mean, legend has it that Jeff Probst is still giving him a back rub. <laughs> the legendary Probst back rub. Uh, so, it looked like a nice back rub. It did. I mean, the tension, Jeff was trying to diffuse it yep. as it was entering his He really body. had to work to try and diffuse that <laughs> tension. Like, real good in there. I, I imagine Jeff Probst has strong hands. Yeah. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. I think, I think we just have the physical evidence from the back. Yeah. <laughs> we have seen it in action. It, it, I mean, it worked well enough. Anyway, no one so got punched. To, to to go back to reality for a second, I'm pretty sure I know who wins the season, but we will talk about all of that post merge. So before we get into everything proper, we're gonna go over the cast here. We have the fans and the favorites to talk about. Boy, oh boy, will we have a lot to say. Do we want to do our our ideals before yeah, we read the cast um, the actual cast let's let's start with that 
Um, let's start with, so the homework I signed at the end of season 44 was, uh, this is a fans versus favorite season. That means 10 favorites are coming back. So I assigned homework to the three of us. We had to pick five men, five women from season 16, Micronesia, all the way up to through Philippines, 25, five men, five women. None of them could be, have returned yet. Uh, all like, this is their first time playing again. And none of them could be winners. That was the stipulations. So we all did it. And uh, we're going to read them off to you, and we're going to see how many we got right. Derek, start us off. Absolutely. I'm going to do my honorable mentions and my finals, just because I think that's even fun, too. So, uh, for the women, my honorable mentions were Tracy Hughes-Wolf, I believe from Fans vs. Favorites, number one. Taj Johnson-George from Token Sheens. Sandy Burgeon, also from Token Sheens. Nayanka Mixon from Survivor Nicaragua. You're the my, only one to do that. My guilty what pleasure. What a favorite. <laughs> and uh, Holly Hoffman as well. Um, is she from Nicaragua. South, uh, Nicaragua as well. Yep. So Holly Hoffman from Nicaragua. And then my honorable mentions for the men are Grandmaster Marty, Cochran, Zane Knight, the legendary, and Mad Hatter Pete Yurkowski. Now for my finals, my women's favorites. Bring back Abby Maria, bring back Don Meehan, bring back Corinne Kaplan, Sabrina Thompson, and Shambo Waters. And my finals for the men, bring back Malcolm Freeberg, Troy Zan Robertson, Maddie Whitmore, Stephen Fishbach, and Matt Elrod. Three out of ten. Three out of ten. It's not even... I do, I do not get a degree with this. So, so you would have brought back Zane. First uh, he, boot Zane? Uh, he was... Uh, Wishlist. Honorable he, he was on my honorable mention. Honorable, okay. Because you know God, what? How great would have that been if they had two first boots that were in the game? In, that would have been fun. Insofar as first boots, at least the guy went out playing way too hard. Yes. <laughs> Josh, who do you got? Yeah. So for my list, sure, I'll list off some honorable mentions I had. I didn't have as uh, deep of a list as uh, Derek, but my honorable mentions for the men Stephen Fishbach. Chase Rice. Hell yeah. I would have loved to see Chase Rice come back literally just because of the the star yeah, factor. Yeah. Redemption Island, Matt. Matt Elrod. And Troyzan. I think they would have been some pretty good uh, honorable mentions. But my finalist for the men ended up being Eric Reichenbacher. Matty from Survivor Gabon. The GIF himself. The GIF himself, of course. Uh, Marty, as Derek mentioned. Actually, he was your uh, one of your honorable mentions. Cochran. And of course, Malcolm. You got to include Malcolm. For the women, I had a few honorable mentions here. I like Brenda, Don, and Corinne were on my list. But the finalists that I would have included from the women, Natalie from uh, Micronesia. Uh, Micronesia. And that has a giant asterisk for me just because I would only have her and Eric in if they both could do it. Because I would like to have both of them for the whole Black Widow Brigade yep. storyline. Of course. And then Taj, Sierra from Token Sheens. Shambo, and then Sabrina. Three out of ten. A lot of overlap between yours and mine, mm-hmm. honestly. Okay, mine. So my honorable mentions for the men, I have Jason Siska from Micronesia. It's just a stick. <laughs> just a stick. John Cochran, uh, Matt from Redemption Island. And then for the women, I had Don, Taj, Shambo, Sandy, and then uh, Stacy Powell from South Pacific. Mm. I love Stacy. My list, Eric Reichenbach, Jim Rice from South Pacific. Steven Fishback, Marty Piambo, Malcolm Freeberg, and then for the women, Corinne Kaplan, Crystal Cox, she hasn't been said yet, uh, Abby Maria, no. and Crystal in the same tribe, uh, Holly Hoffman, and Sabrina. So, uh, three out of ten. Yeah, I feel like uh, 
the Holly and uh, Abby Maria are the two that I think I left out that you guys both had at least mentioned. And I think the thing with Abby Maria is, A, she was injured for all the Philippines. B, there was a two-week turnaround. So I'm sure that's part of why they didn't ask her. Mm, that makes sense. That's something to keep in mind. Here's... Um, I'm on the server wiki right now, and so they, they just have a few names on here of, of some of the people who didn't end up being on the season and why. They wanted Shambo and Matt Elrod from Redemption Island, but both of them said no. They were done with Survivor. Lisa Welchel from Philippines was considered, but she's a mom back-to-back seasons is tough. And then uh, Troy Zen was originally going to be on the season. He got cut in favor of Malcolm. Because they're doing Philippines, like, oh god, we got to get this guy yeah. on. If so. it's one or the other, you got to go with yeah. Malcolm. Yep. I'm kind of surprised that Lisa was on their list. And then uh, Tyson and Stephen Fishback were both considered. I think they ended up not wanting to do any people who had previously returned, so that's why they got rid of Tyson. Mm-hmm. And they don't have it, you know, just Stephen didn't make the cut for some reason. I mean, that's a poor choice. Poor you choice. can only choose five guys. Yep. So obviously, like, they filled the archetype with Cochran. All right, ready to talk about the, the ten favorites who made the, the cast. And and uh, we're going to play a game. As Ryan reads it off, uh, Josh and I both have to give just one word reactions to that. All right. Alphabetical order by first name. Here are our 10 favorites. Returning <sighs> from Survivor Redemption Island, Andrea Belke. Okay. Mm, sure. Who? <laughs> Returning from Survivor South Pacific, Brandon Hans. Oh, bad. <laughs> Real See, bad. Th- that's Derek's reaction. Mine was definitely more of a... Ugh. <laughs> This has to be more than one word. Uh, this was irresponsible recasting. Oh, we have so much to talk about. And that. and that was evident from South Pacific that this guy shouldn't be back for at least five years. My one word for this, negligent. Yeah, ne- negligent. negligent. Yes. Returning from Survivor Nicaragua, Brenda Lowe. Okay. All okay. right. She was on my honorable mentions list, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Returning from Survivor Gabon, Corinne Kaplan. All right. The sure. love of my life. Also on my honorable mention list. Returning from Survivor South Pacific, Don Meehan. I'm super excited. Woohoo! I like Don. Like to see how it works out the next time. It is surprising that Holly isn't here because they do think Holly was more of a fan favorite than Don was at the time, and they kind of fit that similar archetype. So it is surprising that Holly wasn't asked. I prefer Don over Ka- Holly, uh, but that's just me, apparently. I think I do in hindsight. Okay. I think going in, I would have preferred Holly, but I love Don. So returning from Survivor Micronesia, Eric Reichenbach. Excited. Excited. We didn't get Natalie alongside him, or, or anyone from the nope. Black Widow Brigade, which I would have loved to have. A, a, a fan who has become a favorite, that's pretty cool. I had completely forgotten about Eric when I made my list, so I would have had a minimum as an honorable mention had I given it more I think thought. it's fun having a returning fan. Yeah. <laughs> returning from Survivor Redemption Island, Francesca Hoagie. <laughs> First boot, Francesca Hoagie. LOL. Why? <laughs> and we will get into why with the 10th member of this tribe. But we have two more before that. Uh, returning from Survivor South Pacific, John Cochran. Sure. sure. All right. I, production loved him. He's a production favorite. He was on my list. Returning from Survivor Philippines, Malcolm Freeberg. Yep. Duh. The biggest yes. slam dunk. This is number one on the board. Yeah. Yes. This is the, uh, who, who was the slam dunk in Fans vs. Favorites 1? Ozzy? Yao Man? I think, yeah, I think Ozzy. Ozzy and Yao Man probably. Yeah. And returning from Survivor Redemption Island. Do Stealth R Us 2.0. Philip Shepard, the specialist himself. No. Yeah. This is, instead of one word, this is the Michael Scott gift. 
no god no yeah. please no the, the funny part about that that's when he found out that toby was back right oh it is yes. toby was back toby in the was office. back in the office and you know what put toby on the season instead of philip every day of the week oh please um and so that's why francesca is here because she fought with philip and therefore we'll make good tv and put francesca on <laughs> literally nobody asked for this nobody like the idea of having a first boot on is interesting sure but like favorite her <laughs> Bring her back for a different season. Just second chances. And never have Philip back. Okay, so that's their favorites. The three favorites and the seven others. Yeah. Now we have the ten fans. And as much as the favorites aren't really favorites, the fans aren't really fans. There's like half the cast of fans. They they are genuine fans. A few of these are like, no, they are not fans. I don't know if they've seen more than one season of Survivor in their life. And that was because production gave it to them to watch right before they went out there. They've seen Survivor. They're a fan. Which season were they given? Probably Heroes versus Villains. They like to give like the best, most recent season to like inspire people. Sure. They're not giving out Nicaragua, Redemption Island, South Pacific, or One World. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. And Philippines obviously wasn't even yep. done yet. So yeah, and that's one thing to note. Nobody knew who Malcolm was yet. Nobody had seen Malcolm season. So things to consider, which we'll probably bring up. Yep. We saw this with Russell from nineteen to twenty. Yep. That is true. And Amanda from fifteen to sixteen. Well, they'd seen part of her season, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, they hadn't seen any of Russell. Okay, so we have ten fans. When we have a, a tribe or a cast of new people, Josh and I like to play a little game <laughs> to see how many of these people Josh can remember. And you'd think, this being the most recent season Josh did a rewatch of, you'd think he'd be able to get maybe even all ten. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened, right, Ryan? Uh, keep the one, drop the zero. <laughs> Got one right. Insert the Game of Thrones. Ding, ding. Shame. Shame. Ding, and you ding. know what? It's not even the one I expected you to get right. It was just like. Really? That's yeah. the one you remember? In hindsight, after watching the premiere again, there's probably, I would say, I would say there's probably like two that I should have gotten yeah. in addition to that. And then maybe not naming people, but like saying like in general, like, oh, they were part of this. Yeah. They I should have been able to do that. that. That is the rule. Can you name their name or say something they did? Yes. And you, um, you had one name. And I will always, in defense of myself. Wag my finger in your face? No. I, I will always defend myself by saying I'm given the like pre-show cast photos and they look so different excuses excuses. compared to those photos but i i get it it's part of the game do you know what's fine if i played this game today i would probably only get eight out of ten and i just watched it yeah a couple (laughs) of these are pretty interchangeable i mean i still get ali and hope mixed up those are literally the two i forgot ali's name all right so here are 10 fans we have ali povitz a bartender from new york long for this world but one of the bigger fans on the season eddie fox a fireman slash emt from new jersey hope driscoll a pre-law student from missouri Julia Landauer, a race car driver from California. Uh, she's actually pretty famous, like, after Survivor. Besides Danica Patrick, I think she's probably the most famous, like, female race car driver. Like, hmm. I, I see her in commercials and stuff for NASCAR stuff. Or I don't know if she's a NASCAR. I can't remember. It might be Indy 500 stuff. But, yeah. She got that bag. Yeah. She's doing fine. Laura Alexander, an administrative officer from Washington, D.C. Probably the biggest fan on the board, maybe with one exception. Hmm. Matt Bischoff, a BMX bike salesman from Cincinnati. Big fan. Michael Snow, an event planner from New York City, the other huge fan on the board. Reynolds Topfer, a real estate salesman from uh, from San Francisco. A fan. I would not call him a super fan. Definitely not a student of the game, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he seems like the type of guy who just like loves the challenges and loves like the island stuff. And, and yeah, I love Reynolds. I'm a huge Reynolds fan. Good for you. I'm happy. He's such a douche. I love it. <laughs> Shamar Thomas, an Iraq war veteran from New York City. Not a fan. 
And Sherry Beethman, a fast food franchisee from Boise, Idaho fan. Well, there, there's more fans, I feel like, than what you let on. There is, but there's a few that fan, are not Big fans. quotes. <laughs> uh, I, I would be shocked if, like, Eddie and Julia and Shamar had seen more than one season. So I, I absolutely ruined Sherry for my wife because she's been watching the season with me. She always calls her Sandra because she looks like Sandra yeah. Bullock from so, Wish.com. Sherry Sherry looks exactly like Sandra Bullock, especially the, the blind side. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Yes. It's it's eerie. Yeah, it that is, is not a new uh, realization no. by any means. Yeah, that is a very common thing. It's just funny that it happened independently. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've never seen it and I've never heard of Sherry before, so. Okay. That is our, that's our... 20, that's our Motley crew. All-star cast. It's certainly Motley. <laughs> Are you guys ready to jump into these episodes? Yep. Let's just do it. All right, episode one, she annoys me greatly. We are on the beach, the fans get brought in first, and the favorites get brought in one by one. It's very funny for some of the reactions. There's some cheering, and then Francesca walks in in silence, and Malcolm walks in and there's silence, but that's just because they're like, who? Who's this guy? But the favorites win the opening challenge. Off to a uh, start. Yeah, I love the the intro just because you get they they made sure to put comments in from like fans just like for essentially everyone, but you didn't get a single comment for Francesca. If I'm one of the fans, I would absolutely loathe yeah. to be on a season like that. This would So suck. let's let's talk about what you do if you're on a the fans tribe on a fans versus favorite season. Be memorable as hell, you're not winning this game and then hope you get invited <laughs> back to win. I'm sorry, you're not going to. Be memorable as hell, try and stick around and just be fun. One personality and they get brought back. That's the best you're going to do. I will put a little bit of an asterisk there because for for a returning cast like this, like this is the one tiny crack of a door that's like open of maybe you could win the season. Like if there's ever a chance, it would be against a cast like this. And then the pre-merge plays out and the fans are going to get just slaughtered. <laughs> so no. Uh, yeah, most of these fans are not long for this world. It's 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 kind of sad. And, and when Ryan says be interesting... Be so interesting that production can't ignore you because they're going to give all of the confessionals to the favorites. Again, I barely knew who some of these people were. Yep, but uh, I think people like Reynolds and Shamar caused enough conflict. They got a lot of screen time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's hopefully you're better than Shamar at creating like interesting content, but that's the way to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we had one returning member from the first fans versus mm-hmm. favorites side, so give up immunity. Yeah, do something really stupid, and you might get brought back. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not saying like roll over and lose no, the season, no. but odds are you're gonna find yourself in an unwinnable position. Don't be subtle. Be big, loud, explosive moves. This is the time to do the big move stuff. This is the listen to Jeff like moves. This is the listen to Jeff stuff moves. Because you want to get invited back because you ain't winning. If you're on a fans versus favorite season, take Jeff's advice to heart and play like it's your second time playing. Yeah, you have to. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is us saying this, by the way. Yeah. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows this is not what we advocate for. Well, and this is not how to win. This is how to get invited back and hopefully win your second time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so on the fans tribe, Shamar wants to get fire. Matt wants to work on the shelter. So Shamar does nothing and then he and Matt get into a fight about it. We're, we're, we're rolling here. Dude, okay, let's just... Shamar sucks. Thank you for your service, Shamar. He sucks <laughs> on Survivor. He's miserable to watch. He's the main reason I don't like this pre-merge. You know, there's the whole Brandon's to hand stuff. There's Philip. Miserable. Shamar is just, like, toxic to this pre-merge because every interaction with him is so negative. Shamar is in my, like, bottom tier list of people on Survivor. 
I'll comment. I, I know very little because I didn't know about Shamar coming into this season. I can say with as much certainty as I can have without actually being in production's room that who they thought they were casting is not who showed up on the island. I will not go so far as to say every interaction was toxic or kind of a a, a downer. He had a few moments that were really genuine with his primary alliance who ended up supporting him. But later on down the road, those moments kind of get sullied by other things that Shamar does and it makes it hard on the whole to defend him, but I, I didn't think it was, you know, offensively irritating. I think it was offensively irritating. And, uh, you know, you could be genuinely toxic. And that's, you know, there's genuine moments. Yeah, genuinely toxic moments. Uh, yeah, I... Shamar's the worst. <laughs> with, with the added cap, I, I The reason I do this is because I want to separate the person from the player sure. a little bit. And, and you know, I understand... Hopefully our core listeners understand. Ryan's talking about, like, the player yep. Shamar. Shamar on Survivor, I don't know him as a person outside of the game. I have no idea what he's like. He sucks on Survivor. And Shamar went so far as to say that he is not himself, and he considers quitting the game several times in the pre-merge. And yeah, that's really irritating from an entertainment perspective, but clearly he saw what we saw. He was not who he wanted to be. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there. We're not hating on Shamar the person. It's just Shamar the player was a drag. Shamar the player is a bottom-tier Survivor player. And as the memorability correspondent here... I will say the only things I remember about Shamar are the negative things. Mm-hmm. So over on the favorite side, we have Andrea, Don, and Francesca. They decided to make an alliance. They want to bring in Cochran, Malcolm, and Philip and take control of the tribe. So Francesca is going to try and bury the hatchet with Philip. Doesn't really work. He still like casually wants her out, but not like that's not his like main goal. He's pretty just like, eh, she annoys me. Yeah, she does everything right. For, you know, a level-headed person. That's not who Philip is. Yep. And to be fair, Philip hasn't done anything wrong yet. No, and he hasn't. But, like, you know, she tries to, like you said, bear the hatchet. And he immediately just thinks, oh, she's still not over, like, yeah. anything that happened before. Like, I feel like most people would appreciate that. Like, appreciate her coming up being like, hey, like, don't want to, like, bring up any, like, past stuff. Let's move on, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think she said... Most of the right things, maybe she could have worded a little bit differently, but for someone like Philip, maybe just know that there's no reason to try to do that. And I'm going to consult for a second because this is us learning a lesson. We can learn something here, everyone. If you are on a season of Survivor and that season ends and there's a chance that you will be returning one day, make sure that you settle these feuds off camera in between the seasons. Ideally, Francesca and Philip would have reconciled outside the game. And that way you can have a fun for the camera moment when you get back on the island. But privately, everything is already good. Yep. So if you want to play again, make sure you've got a good you're in good standing, as good of standing as you can be with all of your original cast members, because those ties mean a lot on returning player seasons. Now, with the asterisk that Francesca probably never thought she was going to play again. <laughs> probably not. And squashing the beef with Philip seems a little difficult. Maybe not, but maybe. The thing with Philip, he probably sees it as a superficial for the camera gesture. Probably. Like, oh, wow, it's convenient for you to make up with me now. Well, if you want to be genuine, the social game starts long before you get on the island. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll throw that out there for the listeners. Philip's going to form Stealth RS 2.0. He's going to get Corinne, Cochran, Don, Malcolm, and Andrea. That is our initial alliance here. They all get nicknames. 
Who cares? Oh, come on. The dominatrix. Yeah, Corinne's the dominatrix, but like seriously, Stealth Rose too. I don't want it. Get and it out of here. Maybe he, he should in- like try thinking for himself at some point. <laughs> He's basically just... Boston Rob this, Boston Rob that. Yes. <laughs> One of the funniest parts of this pre-version, I can't believe I'm saying this about Philip, but several times he's like, the old BR rule book is like, BR, Boston Rob. I didn't it took realize- me a while to figure that out. <laughs> we went from name to nickname to the initials or the abbreviation of a nickname. What would BR do? That's how Philip's playing. <laughs> what would BR do? And you know what? Fair. And I think that is a real legitimate thing is returning players take on some of the traits of the person that won their season. I think you can track that and it applies a lot of the time because they know them the best. Yep. Sarah Lucina is one mm. of my favorite examples. She took on some Tony stuff. She perfected the Tony. Philip and Andrea here, they're going to take on some Boston Rob stuff. So I think that's pretty true across the board with everyone who's ever returned is they're going to have some of the qualities of their winner. So that's something to keep in mind. If you're playing with any returning players, think about who they played with and who won their season. Good point. You know, if you get an edge of extinctioner back, I think you're going to be okay. But if you get, if you got someone who played on like Kageon, Yikes. Watch out for any of the little mini Tonys. Yeah, watch out for the Kageon returners. <laughs> and the Game Changers returners, too. Mm-hmm. Anyone plays Sarah Lucia. Dangerous. So keep that in mind. Philip goes to Eric, because he wants Eric in the Alliance, too. And his approach, though, he's like, hey, Eric, I have the numbers. We don't need you. But I'd like you to join us. Why don't you come join our Alliance? And Eric's like, well, screw you, dude. <laughs> He plays it pretty cool at the time, but he doesn't commit to joining the Alliance. I will say he didn't play it pretty cool at well, the no, time because he, he didn't commit. He was furious. He was livid at Philip's approach. Understandable. Fair, <laughs> fair. Philip's a jackass about this, but he plays that part cool. Like he's not mad. He's secretly mad, but he does not commit. The old Penner move. He plays it cool, not well. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, commit. If someone asks you to join an Alliance, you say yes. If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. It's the <laughs> Ghostbusters rule. On the fan stripe, Any and Reddle, they're the, like the two jock bros, dude bros, and they both kind of have the hots for Allie and Hope, who are the two young hot blondes. So they're going to form the Cool Kids Alliance. Reynold and Allie, they're going to be cuddling in the shelter, which Laura notices. They're a, a super obvious foursome. If you remember back in Survivor One World, everyone was given Matt Quinlan, just they were roasting him because like, you formed an alliance of four in a nine-person tribe, which isn't really true. He thought he had Troyzan. He thought he had Troyzan. This is forming an alliance of four in a 10-person <laughs> <laughs> The math does not check out. And just because I don't remember from when you were listening off the cast members, of these four, how many are fans? Reynolds, like actual fans. Reynolds a casual, I would say, but it is a fan. Allie's a big fan. Why, yeah. Allie? <laughs> Did she genuinely just have the hots for Reynolds? And question, which one of them was pre-law? Uh, Hope, Hope, <laughs> Hope's pre-law. Yeah, well, that figures that she's in the foursome. That yeah. tracks. <laughs> Yeah, I love watching Law and Pre-Law just get voted out of Survivor. It's, yeah, my, it's my favorite thing. Two of the first three voted out of this season are Law and Pre-Law people. <laughs> Oof. The Cool Kids Alliance is not going to do great. Um, they're going to lose half their numbers very quickly here. Because Laura, Sherry, Julia, and Michael Snow, that bastard Michael Snow. <laughs> what? John oh, Snow? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. Wow. That, that is not an original joke. But well, sure. It's a Game of Thrones joke. I'd never heard it, though. Laura, Sherry, Julia, and Michael, they're going to form a counter alliance because they see the four cool kids just hang on the water like, should we make an alliance against them? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's easy. But Michael, we get a fun confessional. He's like, secretly, I have a different alliance. And it's him and BMX biker Matt. Matt's this big bearded dude. And Michael is an event planner. Uh, Michael is gay. And it's just like a fun pairing. It's kind of like a JT and Steven type pairing where it's like two people who wouldn't necessarily be really close in real life. We get kind of like 
that sort of vibes here from Matt and Michael. They're not going to do nearly as well. As a reminder to the listeners, Matt is the guy who was originally feuding with Shamar. Yes. I like these two. I think this is a fun pair. It is. I, I, I definitely like Michael more just because he seems like he's more knowledgeable on like yes. maybe the right things to do than Matt. Yeah, I think Michael's definitely the better player, but I like both of them. Yeah. So this this is this is a fun part of this drive. So they're they're really in control here. They're the swing alliance. Michael's got finesse, Matt moves things. Yes. Immunity challenge. It's going to come down to beanbag toss, uh, a little cornhole challenge, and Malcolm blows the lead, and Reynolds, who is crazy good at the carnival games portion of Survivor. Like, if you rank everybody on their carnival games proficiency in immunity challenge, Reynolds is number one. And I was going to say, let's not say that Malcolm blew this. Reynolds ripped it from his hands. Yeah, violently. It, it was like six out of eight shots he landed. Every single pre-merge challenge that has a portion like this, Reynolds does and either wins it or brings the fans tribe from like the edge of extinction, literally <laughs> drags all of their asses to almost to the finish line. And they really should have won had the favorites not been like competent. I think every single challenge in this, this pre-merge is very close until we get to the swap. And that is single-handedly because of Reynolds. And, and we'll get a moment later where Sherry says something like, we're, we're not winning challenges even with you, but it's like, Mm, but how badly would you be losing yeah, them be, without Reynolds? Every challenge would be a blowout without Reynolds. So for people who are, you know, Reynolds is kind of like an Aussie type, like a douche version of Aussie, which is actually, I don't know if that's true. Man. In the moment. All right. Maybe. Captain season, Aussie versus Reynolds. <laughs> douche season. <laughs> Douchara. Douchara. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I love Reynolds. But the, the fans are going to win the opening challenge, just like in the first answers is favorites. So we're going to lose a favorite first. Francesca is going to show her uh, inexperience that she's going to start throwing out names willy nilly, just whooping out the names. Don't do that. Don't just don't be the first person to name names. And and maybe worse, one of the names that she throws out is Philip. Yeah. Throw literally anyone else out. There. First of all, don't. But if if like for some reason you feel like you have to throw out someone else who you didn't already try to like make amends with and who you know will get the gang together to come back against you she throws out philip's name and then corinne's name she is brandon eric and brenda all on board so they have a group of four Stealtheros is the other alliance andrea is kind of playing both sides because she is very close to philip she and philip got along really well in their season Francesca might not know that very well because she wasn't there. She wasn't there. But since Andrea is playing both sides, Brandon kind of like puts the target on Andrea instead. And it really comes down to Don and Cochran are the swinging votes. Do they want to go with Stealth or Us or do they want to go with Francesca's Alliance? And <laughs> they're going to go with Stealth or Us mostly because I think Cochran thinks it's funny to vote Francesca out first. Well, and, and you told me something after the episode that Malcolm was in on that, too. Yep. Malcolm thought it would be funny to vote out Francesca first. Corinne did as well. They, you know, it's just funny to vote them out first. So it's kind of funny. You never know where battle lines are drawn, but the reasons that this, the, the primary reason this battle line was drawn, in my view, was for the lulls. For the lulls. Yep. Yeah, I, I know Derek likes to say, like, Nicaragua is basically just, like, a meme season, like, if the rest of the season was consistent with this, this would be a hot contender sure. to, to go up against it. This, this is a top-tier survivor meme uh, meme lord behavior. Yeah. So we're going to go to Tribal Council. This is going to be six votes for Francesca, four for Andrea. I have my notes, LOL. Of course, there's nothing else to do but just laugh. And yeah. I think there's like a minor, like, kind of like 
we've we've kind of mentioned it before, but someone like Andrea maybe don't like hop back and forth between it this early yeah. in the game. Like if you can see that there's a majority alliance forming, you know. The other, the fan tribe doesn't know how to do math, but like you can do math here. Yeah, and I think the reason why it was happening is Andrea's friends with Francesca outside the game, but also friends with some of the others, like like uh, Corinne or mm. uh, Philip and stuff like that. Gotcha. So that was part of the problem. Cochrane too, I think actually. You just got to commit. Yeah, I would say this is a decent enough move. Uh, voting out Francesca or Philip to just relieve tension within the tribe is the right call. Take your pick, whatever one you feel more comfortable with. The one thing about Philip, he may be annoying as hell. He's pretty loyal. Mm. So if you have him in your corner, I don't think he's going to turn on you. Right, and Francesca is one big question mark because you, as a favorite, have no idea what she would play like if she got deep in the game. Well, and everyone keeps saying, like, we have to get her out. She's a huge threat like because she, like, she's so like smart and strategic. It's like, sure. Smart? Yes. She seems very, very smart wild card and, and she's got like a you know she she's a chip on her shoulder she got something to prove that's dangerous mm-hmm. look at all-stars boston rob that's how he got his start in all-stars he had a chip on his shoulder so he killed everyone yeah he didn't win but my oh my was the collateral damage something to behold so let's get into best worst player of the episode josh why don't you start us off who is the best player of the premiere originally i put down corinne just because i thought that she did a really good job just on the social side of things getting into that alliance any conversations that she had uh with them yeah her name came up but it was from francesca so who cares seemed like she had good conversations with people like philip and andrea specifically so i liked her that's, that's really all. I also like Kern. But uh, I have Don. Uh, she formed multiple alliances. She really upped her game from her first season. Um, and she was she was a nice person, very you know close with Francesca, was willing to cut her. So I have Don. I had Don and Cochran, both kind of at 1A, 1B. I landed on Cochran, uh, but I would never fight a, a Don pick for best player. I think, I think the decision that they ultimately made to go with Francesca, even on paper, is probably the better decision for them long term. So... It's kind of tit for tat. I'm, I'm not really sure. Okay. How about worst player? And reminder, the person who was eliminated cannot win either award. So Francesca's not eligible and never has been. <laughs> never hasn't. Uh, and probably never will be. No, well, maybe. Probably not. Even if they do a first boot season, I hope they wouldn't include her because that would just be the ultimate, like, she did vote out everyone first. would go for her. Yeah, <laughs> I think she's in the worst possible spot to be in. Yeah. But anyways, for worst, I went with Allie here. Basically, take your pick from that group, uh, that foursome group, because they none of them can do math, apparently. Narrow it down to the two people who are cuddling in the um, in the shelter. So Allie or Reynolds, yep. I think it was. Reynolds at least seemed like he had something strategically going on in his head talking to other people building some social bonds so you know it's it's really close he won me. the challenge yeah, and, he, and, and, and he won the challenge i guess i wasn't thinking about that too much but to me i was looking between the two of them Allie was worse than Reynolds. i think that's totally fair i gave mine to eric for not immediately agreeing to be in stealth or us he ended up on the wrong side of the boat i will give dishonorable mentions to both Reynolds and Allie. And I'm going to claim credit for Ryan yep. choosing Eric. I changed mm. his mind the night that we watched this together. So Eric is mine for the same reasons. Yep. I originally said Reynolds and Derek made a very good argument. So I changed mine to Eric. Actually, you both made very good arguments because I'm like, oh, Allie's a good point. Yeah, I could switch to Allie. And then Derek said his. I'm like, you know what? Good job. So I'll give credit to both of you for uh, thinking about this quicker and better than I did. Interesting. Out of the three of us, Ryan had the worst pick originally. Yep. We just, you know, uh, we brought in outside perspectives. Yep. Absolutely true. So good job, guys. 
And this is where we do our winner picks after the first episode. So, Derek, why don't you start us off after watching this for the first time? Who is your winner pick? Yeah, and I always pick one person from each tribe. I did not pick a person from the fans tribe originally, basically out of, I don't know, complete lack of faith in them to actually do anything. Like, yeah, they want immunity, but they just seem completely outmatched. So Ryan said, you have to pick one. And I said, if I have to pick one, I'm picking that bastard Michael Snow. And, you know, if you force me to name one more, I'd probably do Matt. But uh, I didn't force you. No, 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 no. But Michael Snow would be my pick if I had to pick a fan. That said, I have three finalists on the Favorites Tribe. I have Don, Cochran, and Andrea. All three, in their own respect, kind of swing votes. They seem like they've learned something from their first time out. I sort of eliminated Andrea because her prior connections are to Francesca. She left. And to Philip, it's Philip. Now, granted, if she goes to the end with Philip, she wins. But you have to get to the end with Philip first. That's 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 a real BR thing. So that leaves me with Don or Cochran. First of all, love both of these potentials because a little bit subdued, some flawed gameplay in their first season. But I landed with Dawn because I feel like she will have the ability to connect with people socially much, much better. But she also showed a willingness. She liked Francesca a lot. And she's like, nope, I'll write her name down. So she's got a little bit of that cutthroat attitude that maybe got her in trouble with Cochran basically ruining her game the first time around. So I went with Dawn. Josh, do you remember who you picked all those years ago when you watched the season for the first time? Ah, yes, I do. Uh, It was very difficult, especially since, you know, we had already started this podcast and I started taking notes. Yes, I marked it down. So I guess a a quick note about the fans tribe. I did have, you know, one honorary person over there that I would pick if, you know, it wasn't this type of season. And that was Michael as well. I also kind of like Julia, but, you know, who's Julia? So who? So Michael would be my guy over there. But going over to the Favorites Tribe, uh, I had three finalists. I also had Cochran, uh, and then Corinne and Malcolm were my other two. You know, people, you get you got to pick people who are in the majority alliance going in there. And I really liked, you know, Malcolm's advantage of, you know, he has experience going deep in the game and no one knows his game. So yeah. that's a huge advantage. Unfortunately, I don't think that he would ultimately do very well just because of i think he got kind of lucky uh in his original season with the whole matt singh situation uh he can be seen as a big threat uh, and can just be that easy target kind of like post-merge so i went away from him and corinne and ended up going with cochran i was mainly looking for someone who could kind of be a little bit a little bit like the Boston Rob from his first season to where like got out early someone who's uh definitely like a strategic minded person and I think that he is the best strategic mind out of anyone on this stellar favorites tribe. So yeah. I'm going to, you know, when it, when it's, if the, if there were other like excellent, excellent players uh, or like strategic players, I would maybe, you know, go a different direction. But, you know, I think that that can win out in the end. Speaking of Julia very quickly, I think this season's got one of the meanest confessionals ever about Julia from Cochran because he's describing julia and you know, he's like i almost want to call her vanilla but that's like an insult to vanilla people actively seek out that flavor people enjoy that flavor no one wants julia flavored anything I'm like damn ouch mean is that the same round of confessionals where she said i want to like julia but she's just so boring yeah, everyone thinks she's really boring it's really funny <laughs> really mean He's got some good confessionals. Yes, he does. Mean, though. I picked Malcolm when I originally watched the season just thinking that people didn't know his game. I think that was a good, as good an advantage as any, so I'm, I'll just stick with that. I think the logic is sound. I think Cochran is a good pick. I think Dawn's a good pick. I think Andrew's a decent pick. But I, I went with Malcolm originally. I'll stand by it. No Corinne? 
I love Corinne. She's not the best Survivor player. Yeah. She can't. She has a hard time uh, keeping her mouth in check. Honestly, I should have considered Malcolm more closely because of the because of the unknown factor. Because we saw Amanda make it all the way to finals of Micronesia. Mm-hmm. We saw Russell make it all the way to the finals of Heroes versus Villains. We know that Malcolm ain't Russell, so that's not a concern. Rupert made it to the final four in All Stars. Yep. Thing. Yep. So it's something I probably should have considered more closely. So uh, respect to your you guys for at least mentioning it. Thank you. Episode two, Honey Badger. So Brandon is pissed about the Francesca vote. He says it was mean. Yeah. He ends up making Don cry about it. Um, and Brandon starts talking about how he's going to sabotage the camp. He's going to like pee in the rice and burn the shelter down. I'm like, uh-oh. Really talk about someone who has no idea how to play from the bottom. Yeah, that's Cause, true. Because he was basically on the top most of South Pacific, right? Yep. yep, the entire time. You guys were so mean to Francesca. I'm going to piss in your rice. You had me in the first half. That was a very mean thing to do. <laughs> Two things can be true. Over in the fan stripe, Shamar is very lazy. He doesn't do anything. He just lays in the shelter all day. The cool kids want him out. Fair. Sherry's going to end up forming an alliance of six. She's got the four of her, Julia, Laura, and Michael. They bring in Matt and Shamar because Sherry wants to use Shamar as her Philip. Take Philip to the end and win in a landslide. Okay. It's a fair strategy. It's a fair strategy. Rob did it. If you can tolerate it for 39 days, more power to you. It's not necessarily the game that I would want to play because, you know, odds are I'm only going to play Survivor once. I'd like to enjoy my season. Yep. And I would like to enjoy watching it after the fact. Yep. <sighs> but if Sherry just wants the money, then okay. More Res- power to her. Respect. <laughs> good luck. I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it either. But if you can, good for you. Brandon's going to have a heart-to-heart with Cochran and kind of change his mind about sabotage. He tries to talk to Philip on trying like patch things up. Um, but Philip is going to compare himself to being the CEO of this company. And Brandon's just middle management. Yikes. Don't say that. You know, those are things you don't say. Just say it's like, oh, man, it's all good. Uh, so Philip handles this badly. Brandon's going to rat on him to the rest of the tribe and be like, yeah, Philip's a jerk. And you can tell from future episodes coming soon that Brandon is hanging on every single word as though it were the last line of defense between him and like death. He he remembers all of it and all of it is just building pressure, just consuming him from the inside yeah. out. Which for like a regular person, that's not a, a terrible thing to do on Survivor. Pay attention to every single word that people say. Just don't don't use it in this way after the fact. It helps if you don't cast people who are mentally ill. Yes. We will talk about that in the infamous episode about Brandon. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the whole Brandon of everything. Immunity challenge. Sherry, Hope, and Julia absolutely blow the water section uh, so the favorites end up winning. And, and Reynolds has finally had enough of Shamar, so he's going to call out Shamar when they get back to camp. And it gets really nasty. You know, they, they, you know, Reynolds shouldn't have called Shamar out because that's not a good survivor play, but Shamar's a jerk. Just says some really mean things. It, it's It's not fun to watch. Also of note, Reynolds specifically says, I'm voting for you tonight. Yes, Reynolds so, says, I'm voting you out. So he goes full open forum, which is bad. Like, you don't call someone out, but then you also don't open forum it. This is where you try and sow some seeds of division if you find yourself in a minority. They don't know that yet because no lines have been drawn in the fans tribe. But, hey, look, this guy's kind of doing nothing and he's kind of all talk and he's 
a little bit of a drain on morale. Maybe we should consider getting rid of him. Matt and Michael are thinking about it. And they're like, should we just take out Shimano? Dude sucks. Sherry and Laura don't want to do that. They want to keep their lines strong and take out a cool kid. They suggest Allie because they see her as the smartest of the cool kids. She's definitely the biggest fan of the cool kids. So I, I could definitely see that. Reynolds is going to go off and find the hidden immunity idol. But Laura is going to see the bulge in his pants. Uh, so she figures out very quickly quickly that uh, Reynolds has the idol. So at tribal council, Laura's going to be like, yeah. So how someone find uh, an idol or uh, they had a bolt in their pants today? And she's like, I'm not going to name names, but she's looking directly at Reynolds when she says it. And Jeff's like, you're looking directly at Reynolds. <laughs> and then Reynolds, because, you know, why not? Just pulls out the idol and says, yeah, I got the idol. Stupid. We're all great players here. Now, he does say he is going to play it and does not, which, you know, like that part of it. Yeah, but this is like I don't I don't like that part of it because. Plans are most likely plans aren't going to change at tribal, like unless this turns into a live tribal situation or like people like actually saying like, all right, everyone, let's vote out Reynolds. OK, then say you're going to play it. But like it, then you burn the opportunity to kind of use the whole I'm going to play this idol tonight. Opportunity I, I think thing. It, I, I'm fine with it just because he got called out. Might as well just just pull that card. And like I'm going to play it and then don't play it. Sure. I wouldn't pull it out of my pocket. This is almost as bad as the Abby Maria situation. Uh, again, everyone it's different because he got called out. He didn't get called out by name. And also yes, he did, and by all, Jeff. Well, Jeff said that uh, Laura's looking right at him. Lest we forget that Rupert put a rock in his pocket. Like uh, pulling out your idol when no one saw you find it and no one has seen it is a stupid thing to do. In this situation. I, yes. I, I, I don't forgive Reynolds for it. I don't think it's as bad as Abby Maria. Because Abby, it, no, no one, it, <laughs> Abby Maria, it's, it's not as bad as Abby Maria because no one had any clue that she had an yeah. idol. And that, but I just said it's along those same lines where like nobody asked you specifically and you decided to pull it out. He got called out. Hey, it's de- it. It's still bad. It's still, it's awful. still bad, but he got called I'm, out. I'm going to call so it awful. I think you're overselling how bad it is nah, because he got called out. It's, nah. a, it's a scary position to be in, I'm sure. Derek is overselling it, but I would have preferred him to keep it in his yes. pocket. He does not play it. It's going to be six votes for Ali, four votes for Shamar. I think this is the right call for Matthew, uh, Matt and Michael because it, you know, they're the swing votes here. You look at both alliances. In the Cool Kids Alliance, they are five and six. In the other alliance, they might be one and two. It's a little harder to say. They're, they're in a better spot in the outcast alliance or the non-Cool Kid Alliance. So I think this is the right call. As much as Shamar sucks to be around, I think the Ali vote is the right move. It's absolutely the right move, just because you can always vote Shamar out next now, because you have pretty solid numbers. Cool kids, we're already down, four to six, because math. Break up the duo, put the cool kids in their place, and secure better spots within your alliance. Yeah, this, this is, I think, the right move. Fun fact, Allie is now one of Survivor's casting directors. Oh, oh cool. Yep, yep, she's a big fan. Didn't really go well for her. I'm glad she at least works on the show now, so she does get to be part of it still. So, yeah, and she, know, she knows what not to do when casting. Yeah, she watched Caramoan's like, okay, opposite of this. She lived Caramoan. <laughs> best and worst player of the episode. I'll start us off this time. Uh, for best player, I have Laura. She spotted Reynolds' idol, got him to reveal it kind of by using Jeff a little bit by accident. Fell ass backwards into getting him to reveal it, but knocked out uh, Allie, which was her idea. So I'm going to give Laura best player of the episode. I gave it to Sherry because I felt like Sherry was the driving force behind Matt and Michael going along and keeping Shamar and targeting a cool kid. And Sherry is really the driving personality on the uncool alliance. So I, I fell on Sherry. Okay. I, I see. I thought Laura was the driving force. So that's interesting. Hmm. I mean, I, I think Sherry's definitely the leader of the alliance, but I thought Laura was the one who convinced Matt and Michael to, to stay. 
All right, uh, and now, uh, yes, I am the tiebreaker because you know Josh did not watch this since I don't watch these middle episodes. Uh, I I did take notes uh, from when I originally watched this season, but you know I have terrible opinions, so it's true. I will uh, instead be a tiebreaker if there ever is one that is needed between these two hooligans. And I originally put Sherry. Okay, so that makes it easy. Uh, I don't need to, you know decide between you two guys because i originally thought it was sherry i i I definitely remembered um her conversation with shamar being also a driving factor since derek didn't mention that Mm. yeah sherry's the one who brings shamar in because sherry's like the only person who likes shamar yep and i think that's a situation where even if you don't like decide to go all the way to the end with him use him for now and then cut him if you need to sherry was also funny because i think this is the episode where she says I've known a thousand Shamars. Yep. I love Shamar. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a wholesome Sherry. And that seems like the type of person who can deal with that. Yep. For worst player, I you know, it's obviously a cool kid. I'm gonna give mine to Hope. You know, I consider Reynolds. He did fine in Idol, and I was more okay with him, like, oh, I'm gonna play it, but not doing it. So I ended up not, you know, dishonorable mention to Reynolds. I'm not gonna give it to Reynolds. Uh Hope was very bad in the immunity challenge. She ended up being on the wrong side of the vote. So I just went with Hope. I gave it to Reynolds because he revealed his idol for absolutely no reason. And uh, because he was in a showman's, his showman's partner got voted out. And now he's in the minority. And by the way, I didn't have his name memorized at this point. So I had said a guy who reminds me of Burton. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's hilarious. They're friends in real life. They're really? Bo- they're bro- they're, they both live in Texas. Uh, Rob Sostino did a live sh- know-it-all show in Texas. And it was really fun because uh, they, they brought uh, Burton, Reynolds, and Colby. Are all friends and they 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 all came to the show together and they Texas all, boys the Texas boys they all got to they were all on the show together and it was just like I heard from Burton or Reynolds in forever and it was like yeah and Colby had gotten back into Survivor and he was talking about like yeah I'm really into it again I'd love to play again like because he, he hadn't been really watching before he went on Heroes vs Villains but he started watching again and got back into it and I was just like this is fun bring all three of these guys back. Captain season. Captain season. Reynolds versus Burton versus Colby. Let's go. <laughs> the that, Texas boys. That, that, that's weird. That feels so sim because I just said dude who reminds me of Burton. <laughs> that, so that, was, that was how I put down the name. And for Sherry, I'd actually put uh, Sandra Bullock from Wish. And then I went back and changed it to Sherry because I figured out her name. Sherry Bullock from Wish. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had Reynolds. I had Hope. Josh, tie it. I originally had Reynolds. So mm. I'm signed. And I'm, and I'm going to stand by it. Well, it's a bad move. Keep the item in the pocket. These two are, are terrible. Mm hmm. Yep. So terrible that we convinced him of Eric last episode. I, I, you know, speaking of Wish, you got two castaway consultants from Wish.com over there. Fair enough. Boom. This is the podcast from Wish.com. Hey, now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the people who own Wish, they still make bank. They're just not Amazon. Episode three, there's going to be hell to pay. After Tribal, Reynolds lashes out at everyone, as does Shamar. For some reason, Shamar starts yelling at Matt and Julia. What did they do? (laughs) They're on your side. I didn't do anything. Stop yelling at me. I'm not yelling. Yeah, you are. What is going on? Just chaos. The next day, Sherry's like, Shamar, can can you just chill for a little bit? All day long, Eddie and Reynolds are going to try and antagonize you and ruffle your feathers. Just don't let them do it. And Shamar's like, you know what? I think I might quit. (laughs) Okay. But Sherry asked him not to do it because then they'd be down in numbers. That's real Chet behavior. Yeah, real Chet move. Malcolm and Corinne, they're going to find an idol together and form a sub-alliance because of it. Malcolm's idol, though. Malcolm's got the idol. And Malcolm does say, I wish I wouldn't have found it with her, but I'd rather have the idol. So, Because, yep. yeah, they were just walking along and Malcolm just kind of like yoinks it out of nowhere. It, it was kind of like a, hey, if I were to search for the idol, I'd look right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right there. <laughs> what? I can't believe that worked. These are the types of things that convince people that Survivor scripted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they are a pretty obvious duo, though. Everyone kind of picks up on how close these two are. 
Um, so Andrea starts plotting to take Corinne out. Dude, it is too early for that. You haven't even lost the immunity challenge yet. Take a chill pill. Andrea's another one who I feel like she's got something to prove. She's got the chip on her shoulder. So I think she's playing a little too hard, too fast. The people who came from Redemption Island all have the image of Boston Rob winning stuck in their brains. But we've talked in this podcast a lot about pre-strategizing. No, just wait for the scramble like everybody else, because otherwise people might be scrambling to turn it on you because you were talking for no reason. Yep. They will, you know, it worked and get back. Turns on you. Just just be fun to hang out with until you lose the challenge. Yep. Be helpful around camp and be fun. Favorites are going to win immunity again. And so after the challenge, Reynolds and Shamar are going to get into another fight. Uh, copy paste. I'm checked out. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but the plan is to split the votes between Hope and Eddie and take out Hope. And they want to like get Reynolds to play his idol and then keep Reynolds and Eddie because they're good in challenges. Get rid of Hope. Solid plan. I like the plan. Shamar would rather have Eddie go. He he likes Hope just fine. He doesn't like Eddie. He doesn't like Reynold. So he's like, hey, Hope, maybe you should put your vote on Eddie because then he would go home because it'd be like an extra vote on Eddie. Eddie goes out of the game. Hope is going to go back and talk to Julie about this. Who's going to tell everyone like, yeah, Shamar just revealed our entire plan to Hope. And Laura's like, oh, wow, maybe we should like take out Shamar now because not only does he suck, he's a wild card. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him if they did. I mean, you're going to tribal. Already, so, like, worrying about being down in the numbers and everything, that's what she was worried about earlier. Yeah, y you have the room to cut someone, and it seems like lines are drawn pretty strictly already here, so I wouldn't be upset about it. You know, I think the deciding factor, because ultimately we are going to land on hope. I yep. know we'll get there in a second, but I, I feel like that's important. Shamara was trying to divert it from hope to Eddie, which, in terms of the alliance that is currently in power like tomato tomato it doesn't really matter like i understand eddie is on paper a better challenge performer but they're basically getting dominated anyway so maybe you don't need muscle you should diversify if you've got something that uh, a woman stereotypically would be better at maybe you want hope around so just thoughts that's why i don't think they end up turning on Shamar because it's like eh, he's just changing the target from yeah. The best to the second best. And also, it should be noted, Shamar is huge. Yes. One of the biggest people they've ever had on this show. Yes. Just massive guy. He's the mountain from Game of Thrones, basically. I mean, but it doesn't seem like he wants to do anything. So yes. How much does that actually matter? He, he shows up for the challenges yep. and nothing else. Exactly. Can be three votes Eddie, three votes Hope, three votes Shamar. Reynolds does not play the idol. Calls the bluff. Doesn't think they're going to come for him. Good call. Revote, five votes Hope, one vote Shamar. I think this is the right move. If they had decided to take out Shamar, I'd have been like, yeah, fair. <laughs> they had decided to take out Shamar. I think at this podcasting table anyway, we would have said, obviously there was more going on that we didn't see, and we're going to trust the players on this one. Yes, exactly. I said yes, right person went home, but I, I, was, I, I did mention that I was a little confused why they didn't just you know, put some votes on Reynolds. Like, yeah, you have a, you'd be getting rid of like one of your two good, like challenge guys, but you're splitting it because you're worried about the idol already. So like it, it, the logic just seemed a little bit confusing. I think the answer is they don't want him to go. Yeah. They just want to trick him into playing it. But you They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. You, you could trick him into playing it by not splitting the vote and making it too complicated. Just, you know, put most of it on, hope and yeah. then if he plays then it, if he, he plays played it. it on somebody else it tr i guess yeah. so i i get i get their logic it's kind of a weird situation sure. because you know you typically don't want to get rid of your challenge beast but this is just kind of an odd situation yep. where they just want to get rid of that idol because he is in the minority so i get it Derek, who do you got for best player of the episode 
I've got two options. I ended up going with Malcolm because he found an idol. He has a good alliance member in Corinne, and the favorites just keep on rolling. I understand that there were people who wanted to target them because they were a duo, but again, Andrea was targeting Corinne and not Malcolm, so I didn't really ding Malcolm too much for that. Um, if I had to pick someone on the fans tribe, I would go Sherry because at least she kept the alliance on point again in my opinion and ended up taking out another one of the cool kids which i think is good for her especially if she does want to go to the end with shamar should she be able to get him that far so uh, she's my honorable mention but ultimately i gave it to malcolm i gave it to sherry she controlled shamar convinced him not to quit got her alliance to take out hope it was a great episode for sherry not for the viewer though i originally put malcolm <sighs> me and derek against the world yeah terrible at least I honorably mentioned yeah, Sherry. Yeah. Um, and and you have to understand, as a viewer, it's really hard to give best player to anybody on the fans right now because they're getting rolled. Yep. It helps. This is like the third time I've seen this season, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can look a little bit past the pain and be a little more like, okay, what is actually happening? So I get it. I get it. Worst player. Derek, who do you got? Oh, I have Shamar. If you're ticking off your alliance so badly that they're considering turning on you, and you are feeding information to the opposition to serve completely arbitrary and innocuous objectives of your own. I mean, he's just not a good survivor player. Like, put aside how you feel about how he's behaving on the show. This just isn't good survivor acumen. So it, I have Shamar. Plus, you, you talked about wanting to quit the game, Shamar. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, and that almost certainly signs a death warrant for your winning the game. Shamar. Yeah, I put him too. Easy. Episode 4, Kill or Be Killed. After Tribal Council, Eddie, Reynolds, Sherry, and Michael get into a massive argument. They're all just screaming at each other. Everyone needs to chill, dude. Everyone just take a chill pill. You're the fans, tribe. Relax. <laughs> Shamar's not even in this argument. It's the other four. Like, good God, just chill out, everybody. <laughs> Shamar's just napping. It's the right move for Shamar. <laughs> Philip is going to bring Brandon, Brenda, and Eric into Stealth Ross. He's going to give them all nicknames. Basically, his idea is, like, I'll bring them in, and they'll keep them complacent. They won't be trying to sabotage Stealth Ross. That's great. It actually works really well, because Brandon thinks he's outsmarted Philip. He's like, I'm in. I made it in. I outsmarted the spy. Nope. Philip brought you in just to, like, keep you chill and think you're fine. This is a great move for Philip. I mean, it's great. He kind of, I, th I think he brought in, like, too many people. He brought in everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's complacent now. Well, I know, but like a smart person would be like, oh, what does this actually mean when there's this many people in it? Oh, it's fake. Okay, cool. Like, just only invite Brandon. Who's he playing with, though? I understand. He knows I, I his just, audience. I would just say, like, just invite Brandon in if that is the sole objective here. I, I like it. One thing we need to remember is the only vote that's happened on the Favorites Tribe so far is Francesca, and that was for... The lulls. So though battle lines have been drawn, I would say that is a dotted line at best. And if since they keep rolling, there is there's been plenty of time since the last time they've been to tribal for there to be a certain level of uh, discord to be sown in the majority alliance. So try and make an alliance with as many people as you can, and then you can sift through it later. I don't mind that. Shamar is going to tell his tribe he will not quit the game. If he can just lay in the shelter all day, except for challenges, and if they bring him rice once a day. What the heck, dude? Sherry actually does it. She actually brings him rice to the shelter. This is insanity. 
This is actually insane. I think, I, you know, even if it was, like, the right move to keep Shamar, I'd be like, nope, I'm done. I, I don't think I could handle this. Like, like the, the, the actual survival part of, like, Survivor isn't the easy, like, it's glossed over a lot in modern Survivor, the, like, how difficult it can be. Adding on, like, catering to someone else. This jackass. No, I couldn't do it. No. I'd be like, you can go to hell. How about you quit right now? You go right ahead and quit. And I'd give him the finger on the way out. That's what I think about this. I, I would absolutely not do this. You know, maybe it's technically not the right move, but goddamn, have a little dignity. <laughs> I'm honestly at a loss for words. You threaten to quit the game and you think that you're leveraged. You have enough leverage to be fed like some pharaoh for not quitting. Like. You did what you were expected to do at a bare minimum, and you want to be rewarded with laziness? I like it, It's so difficult for me to actually compute this that I don't have more thoughts on it. Let him starve. <laughs> just leave him there. That, that's oh, This is unreal. Or call his bluff and just see how long before he goes and gets his own rice. Yeah, I think if he, someone told me that, I'd be like, how about you quit? That, that, and then I lose Survivor. And then I lose Survivor. <laughs> you know what? God damn it. Some things are worth losing Survivor for. <laughs> but, you know, if you do that, and then you manage to get Eddie and Reynolds to the merge, and, and do, you know, do some impressive stuff, you, you have their jury votes. This is why I feel bad for the fans tribe, is because they got stuck in a tribe with this jackass. Shamar is going to end up getting a grain of sand in his eye, and he ends up... Ends up okay, before we get into this, <laughs> I need to, like a disclaimer here. I have an extreme phobia of eyeball trauma. Ocular trauma is, like, my number one phobia. Like, my friends here can attest to this. My least favorite part of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just a close-up on the main character's eye. I have no problem with the gore, the violence. It's just there's an extreme close-up of the main character's bloodshot eye. And that is the part of the movie I cannot watch. So I have extreme phobia of this and that's what we're going to get into here i watched brightburn with ryan and for those of you who have seen brightburn you know what i'm talking about if you haven't seen brightburn and you also have some kind of ocular trauma phobia don't watch brightburn i, I had to watch that scene because someone gets glass in their eyeball ugh, and i had to like watch the scene like i was in the theater with Derek, and i had my my eyes covered yes i, I couldn't watch it <laughs> and, and ryan loves uh body horror i love gore gore stuff like that and he could not handle this. I think I was laughing harder at Ryan than I was disturbed by the movie at the time. I don't know what it is, but eyeball trauma is... Ugh, I, I, I'm kind of feeling a little, like, pukey talking about it right now. Like, I, I'm... I, ugh. I sent Ryan one message about this while I was watching it, and he said, and I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> yeah, Derek started talking about, like, some cornea problem. I, I, I don't want you to explain. Do not explain anymore we're not going to talk about it more than that but yeah he's like one eyeball related injury story and i'm like nope we're done here this we're done with this you can talk to josh about this all day long i will not be part of this so we have to do this on survivor because of course and it, it's repulsive i hate it i hate all of this shamar gets a grain of sand in his eyeball and scratches his cornea basically everyone's kind of like oh he's just like dialing it up to get out of doing work he ends up getting medically evacuated for this because there was actual, like, an actual, like, indent in his eye. There were, there were two, I don't know if they called them abrasions or lacerations. I specifically avoided both of those words. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> for, the, for the an, listeners. An injury to his eyeball. <laughs> nothing else. Interestingly, he also had to have surgery on his finger after the show. 
Um, he had a, an injury to his finger, and you can kind of see him gingerly moving with his finger. You can definitely, if you if you're looking for it, you can see it. I don't know if it was actually his eyeball. Maybe it was his finger. This is kind of a weird situation. I also like have thought like, is this just like a quit? Is this is this like a just a quit? Disguises a medical evac. I don't really know, and no one seems to really know for sure. Uh, but we'll just call it a medical evacuation because that's what we're told. Ryan, why don't you plug your ears for a second because this is relevant. He's gonna have uh, to edit this. Remember. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep it chill then. I've had an eyeball injury before, and it was from a piece of styrofoam. Actually, I was breaking Ooh. I was breaking down styrofoam. I just installed my uh, my home theater, and when I snapped the styrofoam in half, I saw it in slow motion fly up mm. into the corner of my eye. And it felt like I had something on my eye for six weeks. Oh I, my god! Oh, this is your fault, Ryan, for not covering your ears. I could, I could hear everything he was saying. <laughs> I, I went to the doctor, and the first thing he checked is it on your cornea. <laughs> nope, it was off to the side. So he said, "Okay, here are some drops. You'll be fine in time. If it bothers you more, come back." These were two injuries to the cornea, like the colored portion of the eye. That can lead to like I I I'm not a doctor, but I think it can lead to like cataracts and blindness. So cool. Let's stop. This is a medical evacuation. I was miserable for six weeks, and it okay. wasn't on that part. Great. Moving on. Moving on. Shamar's now. off the game. <laughs> Technically, not a quit. Okay. Cool. Medical evacuation. Fantastic. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Need to take a lap. <laughs> I might need to get some water after this episode. This is horrible. <laughs> Enjoy editing this. <laughs> Fuck, I might just like skip a minute ahead and just leave that segment in and it's entirely Hope not. Hope there isn't edited. anything weird in there. Yeah. Ryan's not going to edit that. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, listeners, if you listen to this and that part of the podcast is less polished than normal, it's because I just skipped right past it because I didn't want to listen to it again. <laughs> that, that might happen. So immunity challenge. Sherry's going to completely blow it. Reynolds gives them an epic comeback and it's not enough. Favorites are going to win again. Womp womp. Laura has been pretty bad in these challenges so far. She's she's tiny. She's a very bad swimmer. So Matt wants to go to the weakest link being Laura. Michael and Sherry are both hesitant. Shamar's gone. They want to keep their numbers. But Matt really wants to do this. He tells Reynolds he's voting for Laura. Reynolds like, yeah, I don't believe him at all. Fair. I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. <laughs> he's been lying to you twice now. So at Tribal Council, Reynolds is going to play his idol. And I don't fault him one bit for it. He doesn't need to play it. It's, a, it's technically an idol waste. I think it's one of the most justified idol wastes of all time. <laughs> Just based on everything we've seen so far. G- given that they could have successfully split the vote between him and Eddie and how he knows he's the bigger target between the two, you play your idol here. There yeah. are plenty of times on this podcast where we say we would have played the idol, but apparently they had a better read than us. Yep. We had the same read as Reynolds, and he did what we would have done. Yep. Six votes for Laura, one vote for Reynolds. So yeah, this was the wrong move for the majority alliance. Split between Eddie and Reynolds, and Reynolds plays his idol. Eddie goes home. And Laura does a really good job vocalizing this at Tribal, saying, trust, we're, we're 10 days into the game. Trust is our currency now. If we get Tribe swapped, they're going to jump ship immediately. And we're going to see it. Well, I mean, we're going to see half of that come true, at least through a pre-merge situation. It's like, yeah, you, you need to be thinking, you, and you're losing them anyway. You're losing anyway, and you never know what strengths are going to come in handy. You know, keep, you know, obviously you want to keep Reynolds. If he plays the idol, great. Get rid of Eddie. Maybe run a little save you next time. But yeah, no, they they should have. This is a bad move. They should have kept Laura. I agree. Mm-hmm. Your tribe being strong is not as important as people seem to think it is. Especially in modern Survivor. So two people went home in this episode. So we were allowed to give out two bests <laughs> oh. and two worse. 
So for best players of the episode, I you know, I'll give out my two. Um, my first is Philip. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm giving one to Philip. He appeared to bring the outsiders into his alliance, but it was just to keep them complacent, which I really liked. I'm also gonna give my other one to Reynolds. He was great in the immunity challenge, which is what sparked the conversation. Like, should we save Reynolds because he was so good in this challenge and get rid of Laura instead? That's because Reynolds was a boss in this challenge. So I have uh, Philip and Reynolds as my two. Can't believe I'm gonna give one to Philip, but. I will give one to Philip. That he's my best. I only did one because only one person got voted out. I know you said we can do two, but I'm not going to. So my one is Philip. Hmm. I didn't write down any notes with this, but I put Eddie with a bunch of question marks. He was there. Good luck with that. He existed. Okay, so uh well Philip gets one. Yep. Are you okay with Reynolds getting the other one? Hmm. I mean I would vote for Reynolds over Philip, and I can still go back and just give it to Reynolds. Perfect. We can just ignore Josh. Yeah, we'll ignore Josh. So, I, I don't know why. So Eddie... Philip and who? Philip and Reynolds. And uh, Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. They're the two. E- even the idle play was correct, and he should have been targeted, and he wasn't, and, you know, the majority alliance started pilfering themselves or whatever, or eliminating themselves. So I'm finally giving the second one to Reynolds and just cool. axing Eddie from this conversation. Excellent. <laughs> I must have said Eddie because he probably should have gone home. Mm. I yeah. bet. Yeah. That could be it. That could yeah. be it. For worst players, my first one goes to Sherry. She gets in a giant argument with Eddie and Reynolds. Uh, she blows the immunity challenge. She loses one of her closest allies. Granted, she didn't want to do that, but she, she did. She wasn't able to talk uh, Matt out of it. My other one is Matt for turning on his alliance too early. So Sherry and Matt. I had Matt for being the driving force for turning on the alliance too early. I would not mind going to Sherry for a second one, but I would have to give it more thought. Let's hear what Josh has before I decide. Eddie! <laughs> You guys are going to like this one. Uh-oh. I noted down Philip. Okay, so we're ignoring Josh again. We're ignoring that. So, Josh... I, and I said it earlier in, like when we were talking about this episode that I didn't like his move, and that's pa- the thing that you guys praised. Past that- Josh sees this as superficial, little showy, and unnecessary, and shallow. I, I, I see it. Like, from, I, from Philip? Yeah. I, I would say even worse than that, like, it actively can work against you with, with what he's trying to do. Sure. And it, I don't think it did. It works. It works. It, it works. So, like, results-oriented. But, sure. like, in theory, like, I, I don't think that that was the right thing for what he wanted to achieve. I saw his thought process, and it makes sense to me, which is crazy. And it worked, so I'll give him the credit. Now, was giving him worse player a little, uh, you know, too much? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but, you know, definitely. I also just don't like Phillips, so I just gladly I hand them like out. Phillip, so, you know, the fact that I'm giving him best player should speak volumes. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. <laughs> Episode 5, Persona Non Grazza, one of the darkest episodes in The Survivor. Woo! So, last time Brandon played, we saw, oh God, this guy should not be on this show. This is bad for his mental health. This, we have, we said it on this podcast. We said it on this podcast. Maybe that didn't show up uh, before in pre-show stuff, but it clearly happened on the island, so he probably shouldn't have been on the show at all. If that got missed somehow, okay, fine, don't bring him back. And, also, and, and, also, he was originally brought on as basically a gimmick to yep. begin with yes and i was gonna say we've seen people misdirect production before when they should have maybe disclosed things and since and and we've seen it since it happened before it's happened since you can forgive him for being on the first time it is the second time that i say that it is pathetic and flagrant and negligent yeah negligent is the word i use this was a horrible idea to put brandon on and it feels exploitative and and let me go a little bit thematic. It's not because some people out there can't have Brandon Hans for their favorite player. He's not mine. He's far from most people's, I imagine. Yeah. 
But that's not what I'm talking about. He shouldn't be on a returner season, not for at least five years and therapy or just figuring himself out and then going through more rigorous testing. He shouldn't be back out there. Yeah, because he is he is mentally unwell. He went through a very tough time post-South Pacific, so he's worse than he ever was. He went through a really tough life before he was on South Pacific, so he already has a a past that does not lend itself to positive mental health. I want to make it clear this is not anything on Brandon's character. No. This is just for his health and the safety of everyone else on his tribe. Brandon should not have been placed on this season. There are machetes at camp. Yes. Let's remember. Well, correct. And that's why I'm, I'm trying very hard to say I'm not mad at Brandon. No, no. This is not something that Brandon, I think, has the, the faculties at this point in his life to say whether or not he should or shouldn't be doing it. Maybe a good question is, whose call is this? Casting director? Jeff? Jeff? Mark Burnett? I don't know. I don't know whose ultimate call this was. You know, Lynn Spillman at the time? Spillman. I'll say at the time, I'm assuming that's who it was. Those people know. Shame. I know you're listening to this podcast, all those people I just named. They're big fans of the podcast. You know who you are. Shame. This was negligent, and you should feel bad. You put people in danger. This is not okay. Brandon, almost most of all. Yep. Philip. Yeah. The rest of the tribe, even. Yeah. This is not okay. Let's talk about Persona Non Grata. Brandon is going to volunteer to be voted out next. He misses his family. He wants to go home. He's got like, I think, two kids, maybe more. Uh, he wants to go home to his family. Yep. And then he tells some people, he's like, yeah, I was thinking about sabotaging the camp just because I was pissed off. Uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what did you just say? So the next day he changes his mind and wants to stay in the game. And I'm like, yeah, vote him out next. Get him gone. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen stuff like this in my real life. Uh, I've talked with people who are mentally unwell. I will keep... Who, you know, undisclosed, but the people who can have this severe of a mood swing and mind change within a short period of time by doing nothing but spinning their own wheels is someone who is going through a mental breakdown. And we've had people flip flop on wanting to quit and go home before. This is different. This is different. And it it feels different because he was talking about burning the whole camp down. And then all of a sudden it's. Like, it's swung from devilish to paragon. It's not just, uh, it's not like Nayanka or Purple Kelly where it's like, I'm having a miserable time, so I kind of want to quit because my body's breaking down on me and Survivor only gave me a bikini to like, but this is my one chance to play Survivor. I'm going to try and tough it out. This is, I should not have done this and these people are the worst and I hate everything to, I need to show my family how strong I am because I saw it through and I will do it for them instead. Those are the warning signs. That's why it's different. Because nothing yep. changed. No, the factors did not change. It was just him cycling through it in his brain, and he made it back to the top of the wheel, and then it's going to make it back yep. to the, the ground again. And yep. by the way, when the wheel starts spinning, it starts spinning faster. Yeah, we're spiraling. Yes. Reward challenge. It is kind of a fun challenge. The uh, two people from each tribe got to hold up a net while the others to- uh, toss coconuts in. Philip is great here because every time the, the fan's going to throw, he does kind of like the, hey, batter, batter, kind of like taunting <laughs> them. It's very, very funny. So Philip ends up winning it for his tribe. By the way, I thought of a fun strategy for this because you're holding the net up, right? When the net is empty, why don't you like let the net drop and pull it up and mess with their yeah. shots? Yeah, mess with their shots. Like what, well, uh, well, it's really them. light, you know, because once you got a hundred pounds of coconuts yeah, in there, just harder. hold it. But like, you know, up, down, up, down. Oh, oh. If you're good at it, like long enough, it'll stay pretty light. So just just a thought. I'd love to see it happen. I'd love to see this challenge back. 
Uh, this is my favorite Philip moment in his entire Survivor career, is this challenge. It is very funny. I do think I messaged you guys and said, you know what, Philip is tolerable this season. And this quickly yeah, changed. Yeah, no, it changes quickly. <laughs> the fans are going to have an idol hunt, and Reynolds is going to find it again, and he's going to tell Eddie about it, which we don't love that, but great on Reynolds for finding the idol again. Especially when the two of you are at the bottom, maybe don't tell the the other person who's yeah. at the bottom. Now, the one thing I will say, it doesn't really behoove Eddie to tell anyone, because... Uh, if they they split the votes, he's he's gone. <laughs> so you know, if you're gonna tell someone, tell I, Eddie, I guess. but don't tell anyone. Brandon is sick of Philip. All of his talking, because you know he talks about how great he is, kind of a lot. He's got a, he's a little bit of an egomaniac. Brandon doesn't like stealth or us. Fair, <laughs> don't we all? So Brandon kind of snaps at him. He ends up apologizing later, and Philip accepts uh, on camera on paper, but in confessional, he's like, "I want Brandon out now." He even wants to throw the challenge to take out Brandon fair at, at this point you know we're not quite there yet like because this is a really uncomfortable episode but i think this is weird saying this the edit does a really good job of showing the escalation because it starts with brandon thinking like he's kind of white knighting for andrea mm-hmm. and uh, uh and dawn because they were asking philip something i think i think it was andrea and dawn might it, it might have been corinne and philip said well no because xyz 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 and i'm right and brandon's like Dude, you're just one of nine people here. It doesn't have to be your way. So it starts as like, I'm standing up for other people and then quickly becomes like egocentric. Yeah. Egocentric. I or, have no problem with Brandon being annoyed by Philip. That's totally fair. Yes. So we're like, we're still okay. Yep. But. We're, he's, the look on his face is a little nuts. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's on the edge. Yep. Brandon figures out that Philip wants to throw the challenge to get rid of him. So he tries to talk it out with Philip. It does not go well. Brandon snaps, and he's going to go dump out all the rice and the beans on the ground, and then he's going to challenge Philip to fight him. And Philip just walks away. He's just going to walk down the beach and remove himself from the situation. But Brandon's just shouting down the beach at him, like, come, you know, vote me out now, bitch, kind of stuff. I I am the author of my fate. I dare you to vote me out now. Oof. Here we go. So, we're going to go to the immunity challenge. The favorites immediately forfeit. Like, we want to go to tribal council and just deal with this. And Jeff is going to be like, nah, we're going to hold Tribal Council right now. Because what this really is, is uh, an ejection from the game disguised as a vote. That's what this is. Confirmed. Hmm. Brandon's out of the game. They're going to pull him because he's threatening violence. You can't do that. That's one of, like, the two rules on Survivor. You can't conspire to split the prize and you can't, like, threaten or commit violence. But they didn't want to just kind of pull. They didn't want to actually pull him. Yeah, exactly. They, they wanted to... Make the game still seem fair, but this is an ejection. So what ends up happening is they do hold tribal council. They Jeff pulls Brandon away from the, the favorites, and they talk it out in front of the fans just like a normal tribal council. And this is nasty, irresponsible, and negligent. You need to get him out of here and away from this situation. And instead, they're going to milk this for all it's worth and try and get some TV gold out of it. And try to have like a therapy session. A therapy almost. session. And this is horribly wrong. Shame on Jeff. Shame on production. This is this is terrible. This is off. This is what this might be the worst thing production has ever done. I've seen this one time and I I don't know the details and I've done no reading. I was not spoiled on. I knew that something happened with Brandon this season. I didn't know what I didn't know to what extent. So I I guess that's like a pseudo spoiler because I think I knew there was some dark cloud. Yeah, right. That's all I knew. Given that Survivor is unscripted. I genuinely believe that Jeff was caught off guard in the moment with how serious things had escalated, and he does handle it poorly. I don't want to say shame, because I, here, here are the things that Jeff did that I liked. I liked that he put distance between Brandon and the rest of the tribe. 
I like that he kept engaging with Brandon on a one-to-one, like, hey, man, you're talking with me. What I don't like is how he stayed in host mode for too long. And I would wager money that if Jeff could go back to that moment, he would say, Brandon, we need to go. We're not going to talk this through. But given that he felt he had a job to do while he was managing a situation, I'm going to stop short of saying shame, but I do say bad. And maybe if I do some reading on this and I watch it again, my mind is totally open to being changed. There were some things I liked about how he handled it, but it definitely could have been handled better and treated with the the, the correct level of severity that it probably should have been. The way it was handled, it was like, oh, this is just a juicy, dramatic TV moment. It's like every trashy reality TV show stereotype you can imagine. That is what this is. And it sucks. It's uh, exploitative. And going the favorites into giving like responses, asking them questions in this tumultuous situation is irresponsible. That sucks. And that's because I remember that part where because basically doesn't he make them one by one basically say like Brandon yeah and but before that he even asked them questions because they do verbalize the vote but he's asking them questions like oh what do you think about this it's like no 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 and and if honestly if I was one of the favorites I'd be like Jeff bleep off we're done we're not doing this and and that's the only the only thing that I can think is that Jeff actually did not know the severity of he, the he situation knew. he knew he he so he if he knew then he shouldn't have gone down the line. Yeah. You know, if you need to have some symbolic tribal, fine. Like, you know, put physical distance between them and have the symbolic tribal and then, you know, curtain call. But- Cut to black. Brandon Hans is pulled for inciting violence. End episode. Cool. We're done. Yes. That would yeah, be- what's the need to save face? Like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, the whole like hands thing, but pull a pull a uh, Island of the Idols. Island, yeah, it happens off screen. Cool, move on. It, it, this this is horrible. And because of what happens off screen in season thirty nine, I think they learn from this. I hope so. Um, it, it it does suck that it is at the expense of the favorites and at the expense of Brandon. And by the way, everything that happened this season with Brandon is at the expense of Brandon because he shouldn't have been no. brought back. I mean, that would that was. That was an even bigger mistake than how the situation was handled yep. than bringing was bringing Brandon. Back. I'm, I'm thoroughly disgusted with production by this. I think this is this might be the low point in Survivor production. I think there was so much in their control and they fumbled it kind of across the all of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I fully condemn production on every level here. Uh, this is bad and it gets worse in the rewatch. Every time I rewatches, it gets worse. But this is the end of the the Hans saga with CBS because we have Russell, we have Brandon, and uh, at the same time uh, or just before this happened, Willie Hans, which is Russell's brother, was on Big Brother and he headbutted a contestant, got kicked off the show. Great family. Yep. So CBS, they're just like, okay, we're done. And did they do anything with like Amazing Race or anything? No. Oh, okay. So we're done. Hans, that's the end of the Hans saga with CBS. It's over. It's finally over. It's full. It's over. <laughs> oh, and not soon enough. Yep. All right. You know, segues are weird. Best player and worst player of the episode. Kind of hard to do. We'll still give it a, the old college try. My best player is Reynolds. He found the hidden immunity idol. That's what I had. That's what I had. Worst player. I, you know, I, I want to give it to production. <laughs> Honor, yes. Honorable mention. Dishonorable, dishonorable, dishonorable mention. mention to production. I'll give it to Philip just because he's condescending and overbearing. Yeah. I, and um, I want to give a specific shout out to, to Don. I know we already did best player, but... Everything that she talked about when Jeff was discussing uncomfortable stuff was we just care about Brandon and we want to see him in a better place. Uh, so I thought that was a wonderful answer, born of compassion. I love Dawn. Uh, she's fantastic. For worst, I ended up putting N.A. Uh, I don't blame you. But it could be Philip because in their altercation, he does bring up Brandon's kids. Uh, You know, well, let's be done. Yeah, <laughs> let's just be done. 
I'm not sure why, but I put down Andrea. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, because um, Andrea and Philip are talking, and Philip wants to throw the challenge, and then Philip walks away, Brandon walks up, and... Andrea tells. And Andrea mentions... She doesn't tell. He asks, and she's like, yeah. But Brandon kind of guessed, so I I don't really want to fault Andrea too much for that one, because it's not like she went and, like, told him. He walked up on it, and what do you do? Uh, One of the many factors. Cool, we're done. Uh, Episode 6, Operation Thunderdome. Now we go from the bad to the boring. Yay! Because these last two episodes are I'd rather a boring. <laughs> I would rather a boring. We're going to get a, a tribe swap. And what is kind of funny is both tribes are going to get a new bag of rice because the favorites lost theirs. <laughs> this was going to be part of the game anyways, I swear. That's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. They, you owe the favorites for that one. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, give them more rice. So let's go. Let's go over these new tribes. So uh, the new Bacall tribe, which oh, is the oh boy. Yeah, this is a real uh, gods versus Claude situation. Th- th- this is one world all over again. Yeah, it's a very uneven split. But both tribes are going to have four favorites and three fans. And it was rock draw or ra- e- random egg, egg draw, egg smash, egg smash. Ah, classic. Which makes it confusing because people will splatter it and it'll go over the other people. So some people have purple and orange on them. I was like, wait, who? But, so, staying in Bacall, which is the purple favorites tribe, uh, we have Corinne, Don, Cochran, and Philip, and they're going to be joined by Julia, Matt, and Michael. These poor <laughs> bastards. <laughs> it's oh, no. not going to go well for those three. Oh, no. <laughs> Four. I, I feel like, really, math has been the subject here in the pre-merge, and, uh, yeah. Well, well that's, not e- that's not even it. Well, because look at this breakdown. On the Goated tribe in Orange, which is the, the former fans beach, staying there. Eddie, Reynolds, and Cherry. Andrea, Brenda, Eric, and Malcolm. You six just like all-star athletic players. <laughs> and Cherry. <laughs> and Ch- Better hope it's uh, uh, ten puzzles straight. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that race car drivers aren't athletes. I'm just saying if a picture's worth a thousand words, just look at a picture of these two tribes. There's no car racing challenge on Survivor. No. This is this is where they got the idea for David versus Goliath. Yeah, this is a David versus Goliath situation, <laughs> but much worse. Over on Gota, Reynold, Eddie, and Sherry instantly turn on each other. Like, seconds. Uh, Reynold and Eddie want to take out Sherry. Sherry wants to take out Reynold specifically. Because she's like, you know, Eddie's nice when Reynold's not around. Reynold's always around. <laughs> <laughs> Reynold sucks. <laughs> I'm like, I love Reynold. He's such a douche. And from a consulting, I guess, standpoint, when you're... Like, maybe the answer isn't always the same, but I feel like when you're in the fans versus favorites situation like this, you kind of got to turn on each other. You're n- you're not going to be stealing a member from the favorites tribe, probably. Probably. Pray for time. Especially for Ronald Nettie, who are just, they were dead men walking. I don't blame him at all. And Sherry's just like, what do I do? <laughs> Feel for cracks, but you're probably not going to find any yeah. as a fan. I really don't have good advice for you other than pray for time. Yep. You just got to survive till the merge. And they do. All three of the people make it. <laughs> Shockingly. It helps that they make it uh, on like the best, one of the best physical tribes of all time. <laughs> on the other tribe, Bacall, uh, Philip wants to bring Julia into the alliance. He sees she's significantly younger than Michael and Matt. Uh, more impressionable. I, you know, I think he's thinking Robin Natalie from Redemption Island. I think he wants mm. to do the same thing here. Makes sense. Him trying to do the old BR move? Yep. Who'd have thought? Never. Corinne wants to keep Michael around because he's gay. <laughs> Corinne loves her gays. Uh, I love playing with the gay is how she puts it. Ryan, as our... It's June even, Ryan. Yeah. As our resident LGBT... Oh, happy June, Ryan. <laughs> uh, I love Corinne, too. <laughs> Come on the podcast, Corinne. I, I have to be like... Uh, technically incorrect, Corinne, but you're close. 
<laughs> Honestly, I love Corinne. I love Michael. This is fun. Michael seems to be a good sport about it. If you didn't love being referred to as a gay like that, I, I guess like that's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's um, up to the individual. Yeah, it's up to you know. I know some people were were offended by this, and that's totally fair. I get um, it. From what I know, Corinne just genuine love for the LGBT community. So, and she's talked about this with Rob Sesternino. Yep, and on probably on her podcast too. Probably on her podcast, which is my safe word is more. That I mean, that checks out. That checks so many boxes. Dominatrix immunity challenge. Go to destroys Bacall. It's it's the one where they have to go out and get those giant cubes, bring them back, and form it into a staircase puzzle Ooh, kind of thing. And those things are very athletically driven. Julia's gonna like try and take charge of the puzzle, and nobody really listens to her, and it just all falls apart. Julia's gonna get blamed, and I'm just like, this is on all of you, and you had no chance. <laughs> but Julia's gonna take the blame for the challenge. They had no chance. Yeah. None. Literally, that's my quote. Honestly, they had no chance. That's um, my th- there was nothing. Philip and Corinne, they want to take each other out because they hate each other. Yeah, I could see it. But they know they need to stick together and take out a fan. This is a real favorites move. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. You need to stick together and take out a fan. It's 100% the right move. Experience. They're yep. both experienced players. Flawed, but experienced. <laughs> they have just enough. So they want to keep Julia. The plan is kind of take out Matt. But Philip is going to tell Matt and Michael to vote for Julia. Basically, he wants to test and see how, like, can he use them? Will, can they follow orders? Kind of like Rob had him do on Redemption Island. Will they vote for how they're told? Julia... It's like, why don't we just throw votes on Don? And Matt and Michael are like, yeah, okay. And they're like, it's not going to do anything. Why would we vote for Don? Maybe someone will accidentally write her name down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Julia was thinking here. I don't know what her plan was exactly. Besides just write down Don's names and cross her fingers. Matt is going to come off as extremely desperate to prove he doesn't have the idol. And everyone believes him. Perfect target to vote out. Yeah, he doesn't the, have the idol. This is the wrong plan. Oh, Matt, you poor son of a gun. See, this is where you pull the Rupert. You put a rock in your pocket, yep. and then you just don't talk about it. Because they don't know enough to split the votes. Right. So, yeah, hopefully we go yeah. on somebody else. Yeah, the old rock in the pocket might be the way to go here. I think that's just the, you know, we talked about the favorites experience. Now it's the fans inexperience. <laughs> Is that an idol, or are you just happy to see me? Yep. It's an idol, I swear. So they they, they want to get rid of Matt because he's the safest bet. Plus, he and Michael are super close. Split them up. Split the duo. Yep. Tribal Council. One thing I don't like. Corinne's going to say how much, like, I like some of these fans more than I like. Some of the people in my own alliance. You said the quiet part out loud, Curran. Don't say that. But we love her for it, though. We love her for it. And this Crazy is why man. this is why she will not be Ryan's winner pick. The, the, no. the close-up of Philip after she says that is so funny. Yes. Look, I love Corinne. I, I've never said she was a great survivor player. I'm trying to think, what does she have? Like, She's great and she's a survivor player, but that does not make her a great yes, survivor exactly. player. <laughs> I don't know like, how many pros does she actually have for survivor? She has some strategic chops, and that is about it. And you know what? It really does seem like if she likes you, she loves you. Yes, exactly. I can relate. And she, wa- and she wants to play with you. I, 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 I think I'm a similar type of person in that sense. Like, If I like you, you're awesome. If I hate you, I, I can't really tolerate you. You've got very little patience for anyone that, you know what, you are kind of binary like that, where it's like, you you know, it is a spectrum, but like, if you're on Ryan's good side, like, he's awesome, and if you're on his bad side, like, he'll never forget. Yeah, it's true. I I don't like you, I won't talk to you if I can help it, but the good news is I like most people. Yeah. Like, if I, and if I don't know you, I just, I'm kind of completely neutral. But if you were a public figure like Corinne, I imagine that your sliding bar would move up because so many people would want things from you mm. or to want to talk to you because you're a public figure. 
So I, I can see you being more like Corinne if you were to walk a mile in her shoes. Yeah, that, that's probably the big thing. If I ever get on Survivor, like the biggest challenge I'm going to run to if I like want to try with people I don't like, which will probably happen. How well will I be able to hold my tongue? I don't know. Hopefully well enough to win, but there's a chance. Unlikely. Will, there's a chance I will like lose it and cuss someone out and get voted out for it. That's definitely possible. Or, or, or you'll try to hide it, but you won't do a great job yeah. at hiding it. Everyone will be like. Well, Ryan's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan wants to make it far enough on Survivor to be invited back regularly onto Rob's podcast to talk about Survivor theory, why he couldn't do it, and why other people are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The question is, am I one of those people who is great at understanding the theory and can't execute it in real life? Is Ryan a, a seventh place boot? Yes. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I'd rather win, but I'll take seventh place. Um, Get that bag, bro. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It'll be very curious. So when I'm on Survivor, we'll, we'll find out. Shoot for the moon. Shoot Even if you moon. miss, you'll land just past the merge. Uh, you know, hopefully, I can get my venting out in the confessionals. There you go. And not do it at camp. But man to man, put me in the season with Philip. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Some of these people, man, I, I don't know if I can do it. My tolerance for suffering fools has uh, definitely decreased over the years. Oh, it, yeah, diminished. I mean, it, it's a good thing that you don't get as many of those in modern Survivor. Yeah, that's true. But it's, and I'm gonna be, uh, it's going to be four votes for Matt, two votes for Julia, and then one vote for Don. <laughs> Julia. I wonder who that was. Uh, this is 100% the right move. Great play. Ruining Don's perfect game. I am upset at you, Julia. Derek, best player of the episode, who you got? Uh, so best player, I had Corinne for continuing to work with Philip and keeping the numbers. I didn't like necessarily what she said at Tribal, but Philip was also doing these things, and he's the more insufferable of the two in a social situation. So I basically gave Edge Corinne because her social game is better, and she's making a better bond with uh, Michael than Philip is making with literally anybody. So I gave Edge Corinne, and then I kind of called it a wash for them continuing to work with each other. Which is why I didn't give to either of them. I went to Cochran instead. Subtle. Uh, quiet night for him, but he's the one who suggested Matt as a target because of his read. Like, he's super desperate. He doesn't have the idol. If he was the one to suggest that initially, because I don't remember that, yep. uh, I will agree with you and say that it should be Cochran. So I'm, I'm fine with switching on that one because I knew that someone suggested it. I couldn't remember who. Well, if you're switching, it doesn't really matter what I think, but I wrote down for some reason Andrea. Derek, please switch. <laughs> a Andrea formed a bond with Sherry. Mm. That's about it, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd go with Cochran on that. That's fine. I knew somebody did it. I just didn't remember who. How about worst player? I had Michael for being pretty quick to sell out on the fan side of things, but there's no good answer because I feel like everybody, the fans tried to do something. It was never going to work and the favorites did what they were supposed to do. So I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah, Michael did what he had to do. I'm giving mine to Julia. She was blamed for the challenge loss. For right or wrong, she was blamed for it. So maybe she shouldn't have like just put herself up in that position. I don't know. And she targeted Don instead of Matt or Michael. The right move here would have been to try and turn on Matt or Michael. And she put a vote on Don instead. So I had Julia. I can see that. I think what was hard was Julia was made a decent relationship with Philip to where Philip wanted yep. to keep her around. And then Corinne made a good relationship with Michael. Michael lost a closer alliance member, which is why I went with Michael. I flipped to the other side and, and went with Sherry. Mm. I don't know. Once again, no notes uh, written down because I don't. I just write down the name. And All right, so you got to like, I, like, I like Team Chaos. Yeah, and I like chaos. to just uh, write something down. I'm assuming it's because she handled it the worst out of the fans on that side. It's just because she's now wicked outnumbered. Desperate situation. Yeah. Uh, but no, nope, you got a tiebreak instead. Derek didn't really have a good argument, so I'm going to go with Ryan and Julia. I think Derek had a fair argument. But I do think I deserve this because you've cited Derek every other time. <laughs> Michael lost a closer alliance member. Yeah. 
I don't think it really matters, though. <laughs> so. I'd put that more on Matt, to be fair, than Michael a little bit. But whatever. Who cares? It, it is more on Matt. Yeah. But we can't pick Matt. So, it's all Well, good. that's why I wouldn't pick Michael, because it was more of Matt's fault than Michael's fault. Episode 7, the last one, Tubby Lunchbox. What's it called? Tubby Lunchbox. Curran refers to Philip as a Tubby Lunchbox at one point. Like, that's a weirdly specific and accurate insult. Hmm. Why a lunchbox? I don't know, but it's accurate. A tubby lunchbox. How's it accurate, though? I don't know, but it is. It absolutely is like, yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means, but you're right. Sure. <laughs> but Philip is a pretty slim dude. He's a tubby lunchbox. Sure. I don't know. He's not tubby or a lunchbox. <laughs> and yet, it makes sense in my brain. It's like, yeah. I think you've got Corinne colored glasses Maybe. on right now, Maybe. bud. <laughs> So, Michael, he's going to work on Corinne bonding with her, make serious progress. They're super close to the point Philip's like, we should maybe take out Corinne. They're really close. But Cochran is going to talk him out of it because he's like, if we lose again and we vote out Corinne, all the other favorites will be like, what the hell, dude? So, thank you, Cochran. Yeah, perspective. So, he talks to Philip out of this. We're going to get my dad's favorite challenge in Survivor history, mm. which is the... Um, Tom Westman Memorial Challenge. Except he won it. So it's not really a memorial challenge. I guess. It's the one, it's like the steeplechase where they they start on a, on a circle track and they start on opposite sides and they have like some sandbags on them and they have to catch the other tribe. And if people drop out, the other players have to take on that weight. It's an endurance chase. It's the challenge I least want to do in all of Survivor. This would suck. This would be horrible. So much. Just because it's strictly strength and stamina and regardless of if you win or you lose you're dead afterwards and the, it's a reward challenge for like coffee and donuts i'd throw this i'd be like no i'm good yeah I don't, not worth it nah nah dog i need my legs later because they're walking through the water too yeah, it's a it's a water version no thank you philip claims he he's got this and he doesn't got this the the bacall loses badly <laughs> corinne has a funny confessional where she, she said i could have carried all the weight and won it on my own I was like, no, no, you could, no, no. but but this makes for great TV. So Philip goes to work on Julia. He wants to pull her into this group, but he wants to keep it quiet. He's like, don't tell anyone about this. You and me. She immediately tells Don, like, oh, Philip wants me to, to join up. Yeah, he seems pretty interested in getting me to join. Don immediately rats on her to Philip, and he's like, okay, we're taking her out. Good job, Julia. I'm not that mad at no. Julia for this. She's in an unwinnable situation, but, you know, you're just... She she didn't have enough of a bond for whatever reason with Don to uh, you know make a difference. Plus, this is Don two who's like, yeah, <laughs> bye, bye. Yeah, you seem like a lovely person to vote out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Malcolm and Reynolds they're they're gonna bro down. We're gonna have a bro alliance because Malcolm's like they're gonna target me immediately once we get to the merge. I need some bros on my side. So he's gonna get Reynolds and he, they want to bring in Eddie and Eric. Just to make a bro alliance. The meat shield. Meat the shield. four horsemen. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Reynolds, for some reason, would be like, oh, by the way, I have the idol. <laughs> oh, uh, why? And I mean. <sighs> what is it this season in, and it being like nobody? Reynolds, I have an idol. In his defense this time, you're going to be in such a bad position at the merge. I'm not 100% against it because you guys are so screwed. Like. Maybe, maybe this is like your Hail Mary shot in the dark of like the beginning of an alliance, like an undercover alliance that can survive like pushing into the end of the game. Maybe. Maybe. And Malcolm's like, I mean, I have an idol too, but I would never tell anyone. <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm. Yes. Some sanity. Immunity challenge. Reynolds is going to ace this for Gota to no one's surprise. 
So Bacall's going back to trouble council. Philip claims that he throws the challenge. He tells Cochran, he's like, yeah, I threw the challenge. There's a grappling hook part of the challenge. And Philip's like, yeah, I threw that. Cochran's like, in confessional, Cochran's like, okay, yeah, no. He just lost it. And he's trying to save face. Yeah, it's a difficult and, one to throw. <laughs> and, and what I love about Cochran, and honestly, so his first season, he was a little raunchier with what he would say in his, and raunchy might be the wrong word, but just a, a little less delicate. So unpolished. Okay. His confessionals this time around are much more polished. And he said, so you're telling me that Philip, the spy, wouldn't want to come back to camp bragging about acing the grappling hook. The spy's premier tool in a challenge? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I just, I, that was really funny the way he framed it up like the grappling hook, the spy's primary tool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Philip, Don, and Cochran, they want to split the votes between Julia and Michael, take out Julia. Cool. Corinne is opposed to this because she doesn't want to put votes on Michael and make him mad. <sighs> Corinne, why? And she and Philip get into a big dumb fight about it, and it's unbearable to watch but eventually she is going to come around they convince her to go along with it tribal council is gonna be three votes michael three votes julia revote julia goes out all votes on julia that was the right move it was just the kind of a stupid way to get there yeah we kind of yada yada these last episodes because they're boring as hell <laughs> there's not a lot i don't think we yada yada at all i think we spent the appropriate amount of time yeah, on them sounds right the, the episodes yada yada and so we parroted yep so for best player i had cochran um, he talked Philip out of targeting Corinne. They took out Julia. I think Don and Michael also did a good job because Don was part of this too. She threw Julia under the bus and Michael survived. So uh, honorable mention to those two, but I'm going to give it to Cochran. I went over to Gota and I gave it to Malcolm because he found, uh, he still has the idol, but Reynolds confided in him about the existence of another idol. And he created a four person meat shield alliance, which is great for him because he is an unknown faculty. Largely, they don't know how he got to the end, his first game or near to the end. And he has some options and maybe a couple tricks up his sleeve, which I think he will need come merge. I also gave it to Malcolm. I think that that backup alliance is very necessary for someone like him. You know, not even bringing up that people haven't seen him before, but I did mention, you know, at the beginning, talking about winter picks, that he's the type of person that would be a go-to boot right after the merge. So, you know, have that backup, have other people that you can deflect to, and then, you know, maybe you can make it through to the end. Uh, for worst player, I unfortunately had to give it to Corinne. Too close to Michael, sticking her neck out too far for him, fighting with Philip. Sorry. Not much else to say. It is Corinne. I'm going to say dishonorable mention to Reynolds for just having an idol burning a hole in his pocket. Again, dude, you're in the minority alliance. Malcolm already has a reason to keep you around. You don't need to show him your hardware because you need to find a way to get yourself to the top of the Meat Shield Alliance. Malcolm owns that spot because he's in another bigger, more powerful alliance. An idol could help to equalize that. He doesn't know that Malcolm has an idol, but from his perspective, with the information he has, why did he do that? Another reason Malcolm's number one. <laughs> There's another reason Malcolm's number one. I put down Philip. <laughs> Probably because of the I, I can't blame you for argument. it. Yeah. Yep. I can't blame you for it. The only thing I didn't re give it to Philip is because he was right in the argument. Like his ah. his rationale was right. Well, that is the pre-merge of Sphere Caramon. Bottom of the barrel stuff here. But we gotta talk about our winter picks. Let's check in with everybody's winter picks. Uh Derek, you got done. I got done. Still in the game. Josh, you have Cochran. I do. Still in the game. I have Malcolm. Still in the game. We're stuck with these people. If we could switch, would we into who, Derek? If I were to switch, it would be to somebody like Cochran at this point. But I still see Don and Cochran as kind of a 
functioning duo, and I think that Don is more well-liked. I'm going to stick with Don. I think that my opinion is about exactly the same as it was earlier at the beginning of the season. It would be either Cochran or Malcolm, I think, here. I really like, especially with this like last kind of sub-alliance that he has going on with the meat shield, since I think that'll be the most dangerous part of the game for him. I'm not going to switch to him. I'm going to stick with Cochran. But, you know, if I were to like have to switch to anyone, I think it would be Malcolm. Those are the three. They're the three, hands down. I have Malcolm. I'd probably switch to Cochran because Malcolm is going to be such a target coming up. Will this meet shield alliance work? We'll see. But, I, you know, just the edits they've gotten. Cochran and Don have gotten subtle, quiet, but positive edits where Malcolm has been a little bit more. I, he's been quieter than those two. And there's been like just like seeds of a little bit of suspicion around him. So I just think based on the real quiet stuff in the edit, I'd probably switch to Cochran or Don. I'll land on Cochran. Just because um, I liked how he played in this last episode, especially. So just a little more subtle. I like it. And Cochran's definitely getting more screen time than Don. Yep. So if we're thinking about rewatch, who's being developed more at this point is definitely Cochran. Yeah. But those are the big three, for sure. Let's get into uh, best and worst player of the pre-merge as a reminder that people who have been voted out are not eligible. So it's just the 12 people who are making the merge. Who is the best and who is the worst? Derek, start us off. Who's the best of the pre-merge? <laughs> Man, again, it, it, it's got to be either Malcolm, Don, or Cochran. I think, I think I'm going to land on Malcolm because at least coming into this whole thing, he has options going into the merge. People don't know his game. So even though he is a favorite, um, he's the, the least threatening of the favorites based on past experience, even if not by stature. And he has an idol, and he knows where the other idol is. So I will land on Malcolm for best of uh, the pre-merge overall, but if you said Cochran or Don or even Philip, nah, no, nah, never Philip. Just kidding. No. <laughs> I, I put mine on Cochran, and it's, it's a close game of inches between these three. I couldn't really tell you why I picked him out of, the, of those three. I just think I think I gave him like best player of the episode more recently, so maybe it's recency bias going into the merge. But it's those three. I want to give an honorable mention for Michael. I think he is far and away the best of the fans. Mm -hmm. And he's doing the best he can with what he's got, which is admirable in the situation. So uh, honorable mention of Michael, Don, and Malcolm. But Cochran's my pick. And I went with Malcolm. Basically, most of the stuff that Derek mentioned. Idol, he's got alliances with like 75% of the people left in the game. So, uh, you know, just increasing the probability that he sticks around post-merge. He's putting himself in his uh, best spot as he can. How about worst player of the pre-merge? Um, I'm, I hate to do it. I'm giving it to Corinne. There's a lot of people you can throw out. I just think Corinne and Phillip's infighting is just so bad. But Philip has been generally more right in the way he sees the game. But Philip sees the game correctly. He just executes on it horribly. Uh, whereas Corinne, she's letting her love for the gays cloud her judgment. <laughs> which, you know, there's worse things that can cloud your judgment. But uh, I, I hate to do it, but Corinne is my worst player of the pre-merge. See, it's it's hard because I'm kind of stuck. I'm stuck between a Reynolds who has misplayed owning an idol twice now, being in the Minority Alliance, being in a showmance, having the incorrect read on so many votes, going open forum with Shamar, even if it is Shamar, or someone like Philip who, like, yeah, is making the right moves on paper, but he's not Boston Rob people will not vote for him at the end. And we even talked about it on the podcast. The only way Boston Rob wins is if he goes to the end with a very specific set of people. Boston Rob can't go to the end with people who are likable. Mm -hmm. And so, like, take the fact that Philip is not as good of a player as Boston Rob. What? And is less likable than Boston Rob. What? 
But he and, has the rules. And the favorites are placating him for the time being. <sighs> Didn't you, uh, like, just like two minutes ago, have, like, Philip in your conversation for best? That was sarcasm. Oh, okay. That was sarcasm. Didn't sound like it. <laughs> you're, you're trying to gaslight me. It's my um, favorite thing to do. <sighs> Clearly, I came in undecided on this. The thing I'm pointing out, Reynolds... At least I gave him two best players of the episode. And Philip, I gave one. <sighs> Corinna gave zero, unfortunately. You know, I I think I have to agree with Ryan on on Corinne, even after talking about Philip and 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 Reynolds, because the fans, at least Reynolds, is being interesting enough to where he might get brought back. And Philip is making <laughs> a lot of right moves, but I have to read between the lines quite a bit to make it a pretty ugly picture. Whereas Corinne has some pretty genuine bad moves. And drilling down where maybe she didn't need to. So I'll land on Corinne. But you know what? Of the people left, there aren't a lot of horrible games being played. Sure. A lot of those people are gone. Yeah. So I don't feel great about it, but I'll I'll land on Corinne. But this is such a softball. I I, I don't know. I gave it to Philip. I just think that people see him as a joke. Like, yeah, he might be saying the right things. and No, no, he's doing the right things. He's saying the wrong things. Oh, okay, sorry. He might be doing the right things, saying the wrong things. But, you know, at the end of the day, who cares if you can follow a couple of rules that you found from Boss and Rob? People think that you're a joke. They're not going to take you seriously. And I think I really like the word placate that Derek used because I think that's exactly what it is. It's it's convenient for the, for the favorites to have him and have him be almost what I, I don't know what the term would be, but it's like a meat shield. Except it's whatever Philip a is. A rotten meat shield. Sure. Let's go with that. Or a, he, he's a goat. Yeah. He's a, he's a very, very noticeable goat. Yes. It's, it's somewhat, yeah. He's he's basically being that person who everyone can basically turn and look at it and be like, <laughs> we're either going to bring him to the end or it's going to be the easiest vote out at some point. I, I have an 18 month old right now. And sometimes when we go to the grocery store, I just set him down and let him run around and I let him think he's doing things. <laughs> and I say, good job. That's what this is. Great, great job. <laughs> Let him like swift for the house. Yeah, he's like, like he's not helping, but look he's, at the you strategy know, you're doing. He's trying. Yep. So that 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 really is why I gave it to him. Like you can critique other people like Corinne, but Philip is still there. He's Philip, and so I like it's just too easy for me. All right, I think we've summed up at least my disdain for this this part of the season. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about this pre-merge going into the merge? Uh, I did actually write down a couple of things just from uh, the end of that episode. I did like I know I just kind of bashed Philip, but I I did mark down that like Philip as an actual character had grown on me a little bit this season. He's better than he is in Redemption Island for sure. Absolutely, he gets less screen time. I think that helps. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little more balanced because he got it was him and Boston Rob the mm-hmm. entire Redemption Island, and it's a little more balanced here. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that Philip was far more tolerable as a character and. and- I've gone and read a, a few of the things that Philip has has said uh, after his first season, and he didn't like the way that he was being portrayed. So he was pretty mad at production. So this feels like he's trying to redeem himself a little bit sure. for what happened the first time around. Weather report. There was a really miserable storm leading up to the really dark moment. And dare I say, it might have contributed to emotions boiling over. Yep. Because everybody was already miserable. The fans more so, but truly everybody was miserable. Uh, Matt's feet looked yep. like all soggy. And- I noticed that uh, Bacall, they were kind of more in a lagoon. And so the favorites didn't have as bad as the fans who were not in a lagoon. 
<laughs> they just got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was some bad storms. Yep. So that's the only thing for weather report, but it was it was a big one. All right. Last thing we got to talk about is uh, check in with our memorability correspondent, Josh Wessler. Hello. Uh, I wonder. We're halfway through the season. Mm. We you know at the end of the season we're gonna you're gonna pick a most memorable moment of the season. What would you say is the front runner, or if there are multiple? Yeah. What are the front runners so far? Probably Julia's first confessional. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Um, uh, the showman's between Allie and mm-hmm. Ranald. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, of course. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I only got one. Oh, yeah? What is yeah. it? Um, and actually, I'm going to boil it down to like one specific moment. Okay. Obviously, it's Brandon and that entire episode, essentially. But it's the massage. Oh, Jeff's massage. It's the, it's the shoulder rub. Yep, that, that is. is that's the actual like. I, I know. I know. Like sometimes I, you know, like to skirt away from this segment by like not giving an actual like specific moment. No, it's the massage. It's the the shoulder rub. Yeah, deep tissue massage that Jeff is giving Brandon. It it is the. Uh, I hate to say it this way, but like it's it is almost like a shiny moment because you can look back on it and be like, wow, look at Jeff. Being a masseuse. It's a very <laughs> dark thing that is happening in that moment, but it is that one really almost a little bit light thing that you can look back on is that he get, he gives good massages. It looks like a nice massage. Okay, that is the pre-merge of Survivor Kara Moen. So next time we will be doing the post-merge. It gets better. <laughs> it is absolutely better. Yay! Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything. Uh, there's one thing that isn't that fun, but the rest of it's pretty good. There's some people who are big fans of this post merge, like actual fans. So it's four fans, eight favorites. We'll see how this goes for everybody. Yeah. Um, social media. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Castaway Pod. Facebook and YouTube, we're posting videos on there, which is Castaway Consultants. And then website uh, is thecastawayconsultants.com. And as always, Derek likes to post some uh, Q&A and poll on Spotify. So if you use Spotify, you can go there to interact with us. We don't really publish the answers to Q&A, but we do see them and we see like your names on there. So thank you for people who do interact with it. I have a good question you could put on there if you want. Huh. Is this the worst pre-merge? Okay. See mm. what other people think. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think we need a Q&A regarding any of the, like, the dark stuff that happens because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And, so. and maybe I could pull it out and, and do like sometimes on the Twitter polls, does this rank in you know 1 through 11 12 through 22. I would just like name one that's worse. Please. <laughs> is it short? Is this answer. the worst pre merge? Name something worse. Yeah. What do you, explain. You, explain. <laughs> Essay question. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Well, we're now in the midst of our big off season. So, although we have fewer episodes coming out, please tell a friend if they are going through any kind of survivor withdrawals and they're looking for a fun group of people to uh, engage in survivor with. And message us anytime, by the way. Yep. And we will get back to you, assuming it doesn't end up in our junk box. Yep. And even then, we'll check it, and we will get back to you. Yeah, if you want any questions that we want us to answer in the post-merge at the end of the, the season, uh, it could be about whoever wins or people getting booted, any advantages that might come up, let us know. All right, this has been the Casper Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night.